Welcome to the survival podcast for people who take movies too seriously. Do you want to say the Shane's line? What's Shane's line? Uh, we survive the apocalypse so you don't have to. We survive the apocalypse so you don't have to. And the voice you're hearing, of course, is Gordo from Those Conspiracy Hello. Guys. Shane, who would normally be sitting across the table from me, is somewhere in Vietnam, general <laughs> yeah, region. Yeah. He's waiting to rotate back around to the world, right? Yeah, yeah. He says he's going to Vietnam. You weren't there, man! <laughs> He says he's going to Nam, but I figure he's just in Canada, dodging, yeah. dodging the draft. He's just hiding now. <laughs> uh, you want to go over and shoot a cow with a grenade launcher and not tell anybody about it. <laughs> you fire now! You fire! Um, yeah, I'm not sure even when he's coming back, so... If he comes back. If he comes back. I might be alone in the oversized trench coat. Johnny, you were on our uh, last episode of Those yeah. Conspiracy Guys on Peak Oil, and it was a sublime experience. Yeah, I... I a good portion of people that listen to her podcast came from yours, so I'd say and I'm, heard I'm it. glad to welcome them <laughs> to this one. Welcome to the the above the fold, I guess. And yeah, this week, if the title didn't give it away, we're doing Book of Eli. Yeah, great movie, man. Love that fucking film. Because the first conversation I had with you about me and Shane doing this podcast, that was one of your suggestions. For this, an yeah, this is like from from ages from I think over a year ago, and we're on the crossroads up by the house here. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh man, that sounds fucking deadly. Why well, wasn't doing one on conspiracies? I'd be doing one on that shit. Yeah, yeah. And I said, uh, uh, Jericho, Book of Eli, um, a couple of others. Yeah, Book of Eli. The stand. Was... I wanted to do. Yeah, the stand. Um, but yeah, Book of Eli was. It's a. It seems to me like an ideal apocalypse movie yeah because it's a hero's journey it has like a very defined bad guy with a very particular and defined mission like there's no fluff there's no pap there's no sleepy moments you know like the the original mad max like who's really the bad guy is it just everybody is against max is max even a hero he's an anti-hero there's no do you know what I mean? Book of Eli yeah, is lovely, yeah. it's nice, it's cut into beautiful squares that are all evenly matched out, like when you cut up a nine bar into quarters to sell <laughs> to kids in schoolyards, and you're like, every one is seven grams to the number. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I just, it's just very like, I love it, there's a beautiful twist, there's, you know, uh, Mila Kunis, the only- Kunis, Kunis, whatever you want to say it. Uh, she's there. She looks lovely. She looks it's great lovely. to look at. The, the color grade is beautiful. The fucking background is beautiful. Everything about it just is like. Mm. See, I'm not as gone on it. now. I like it. The funny thing is, I don't remember liking it when I first saw it. Right. It's but when I rewatched. No, I didn't hate it or anything. But when I rewatched it for this, I, I did enjoy it more. But I actually thought Mila Kunis lovely to look at. But really I, bad actress. Oh man! Yeah, in that, in, like, in she, that particularly, she, the so whole time she feels like she's about to break out laughing. Yeah, yeah I'm looking at her of. face and she's like, <laughs> like Denzel, don't you do that? <laughs> like that laugh that you do. don't do that because I start laughing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she looked like you know uh, when she's in that '70s show and she's hanging around the background, and uh, Kelso is. He, he just like he jumps over the sofa and bangs his shins yeah, on the table yeah, yeah. or something and stands up real straight and you could see her in the background just her lips quivering like she's about to laugh it felt like she was doing that the whole time even when she was offering herself as a prostitute to Denzel Washington yeah it's just a really weird performance particularly that moment where um, where he where she sees the book and she's like let me see it let me see it it sounds like 
it was improvised. Yeah. No, it clearly wasn't, but it just show has me, this. Just show me a look at it there. Just whip it out and let yeah, me it, it go. just had such a weird. But she sounded really childish, and I know that was kind of the point. But it, I don't know. It just seemed really weird the way I think, she delivered it. Yeah, I think it was maybe um, the feeling of it's a different time. Like, should we set the scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah we should. We let's set the scene. Then Book of Eli is uh, a, a, a post-apocalyptic wasteland where a man played by Denzel, is trekking from, I guess, from east. He's going yeah, he's to going, west, going west, which is the, the unnamed uh, destination. Uh, and apparently he's traveling for 30 years. He's doing this walk for 30 years. Yeah. And he has a Bible in his bag that he needs to get to, uh, I don't know, a library, I guess it's at the end. Mal- Malcolm McDowell's yeah. library of the history of humanity. And... Um, once he gets there, he's like, I've the only Bible left in the world. We find out as the movie goes on. And the war was fought, a civil war was fought after something called the Flash. Yeah. Which could have been like a hydrogen bomb or whatever. They burned all the Bibles and he has the only one left. Yeah. And that's the basic story of it. And he travels across, he ends up going into a village. He comes across these raiders and he's like, no, stay on the path, stay on the path. And... He ends up interacting with the raiders, having a big row. They chase him because they know he have a Bible, and the leader of the village wants to get the Bible from him uh, to rekindle religion as a way of control. Yeah, and he refers to it as a weapon. A weapon, and uh, he tries to get the Bible back off him. And it, shall we tell? Shall we spoil it? Uh, yeah, it's a five-year-old film. Like, if you're listening it. to this, so, go and like if you haven't seen it, pause this. Yeah, pause go, and watch it. Go watch it. Come back. It's yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, uh, it turns out the whole way through that Denzel is actually blind but you don't know that until the very very end and I remember the feeling the first time when I found it I was like oh, no way yeah. cool and then I watched it the second time I was like ah see yeah motherfucker <laughs> like that was snaggy but it was really well done yeah. and he it didn't come out in any of the it was, wasn't there was no spoil it wasn't like six cents or anything it was all very kind of hush hushed now the thing is when I saw it the first time like and I don't mean this in like oh I knew where it was going but I feel like the Liberty did kind of leave some breadcrumbs now I didn't think it but I remember watching the film and like I wonder is he blind as well just because there was other blind people and there was hints yeah. that when the, the flash happened a lot of people went blind yeah but you only found out halfway through when the other blind person is oh yeah yeah but right? once that starts to be introduced Juice. I was like, I was like, ah, probably. Yeah, but not, that's, but that's I probably wonder... which you're supposed to feel. Oh you're yeah, like, yeah. Maybe, or maybe, or maybe. Yeah, but yeah. From the fucking first scene. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're yeah. going like, oh, is he blind? And when you do know, the thing that he does, like when he goes to the car and he knocks the car with the bag with the cat in it, he knocks the door to see if it's a door. Yeah. yeah. And he's feeling around at the feet of this skeleton sitting in the driver's seat of yeah. the car, and you're like, why is he feeling around like that? Is it because he can't? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But when you know he's blind, it's all perfect. Like, it's really, really well done. That was it watching the second time, like, mm-hmm. no one just seeing, like, oh, yeah, he, like, he's blind to begin with. They show you he's blind, like. But, but I totally felt that, like, also the fact that he was the only other black dude. Like, there was no other black people in the whole movie. That's actually something I never really even thought. I don't see colour. Fuck you. <laughs> um, Fuck no, you. but I never actually, I never even occurred to me. Is there no, is there none, is one of the gang members not even? No. Really? Yeah. Oh shit, that's There's no even like bit part, there might be like an extra that was Yeah, black, yeah. But there's no other characters in the film that are, well, like I, I think Mila Kunis is like, 
some kind Puerto of Ukrainian. Rican. Is she Puerto Rican? I think she was Ukrainian. I was just saying words. <laughs> yeah. I think Ukrainian is her descent. Um, I know she speaks Russian anyway, so it's oh, like okay. it has to be a bit like Belarus or Ukraine, somewhere like that. But no people of color are in hmm. are in the whole sh- as a featured artist or whatever. Like yeah, no, like now that you say it, that seems right. It's just something I never thought about. So maybe the whole way through, he is the walker. He is the you know he's 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 already on the outside because he's from outside. Yeah, yeah. he's from what they call the old world, uh, which is like before the incident. Yeah, and. Um, and also he's cons- I think Gary Oldman as the bad guy like the way the movie is constructed it's a beautiful hero's journey like you know the, the lone guy on his own he has a mission he's, he's like like an insatiable thirst to complete this mission yeah yeah no matter what befalls him and he has he has God on his side and he's you only a- find out halfway through that that's where his faith comes from and even when he's walking away from a gang of bad guys that are shooting him in the back that's and I missing fucking love that part and he's just such a hard bastard you're like that's fucking re- like respect for that and the fact that he's blind yeah and then he comes out with some robocop fucking shooting accuracy and you're going like how does he do and then as he's walking away from that village after killing everybody with Mila Kunis and she's like um um what do you do uh, and he's like oh, I've been walking for 30 years and you're like this yeah. motherfucker's been doing this for 30 years yeah, yeah, yeah. no wonder he doesn't know where he's going she's blind <laughs> and I guess like a, a pleasant to the fact that he's the only black person that might be alluding to it when there's a lot of mention where like when yeah, Kunis first meets him she's like are you really that old there's yeah. all this shock that the black don't crack that, yeah but there's this shock that even that there's this guy this old yeah. in this world obviously yeah. people live to be 30, 40 like we'd be old men in that yeah. world like. I feel like an old man anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah like medicine and water is not as freely available yeah, and yeah. you know like fuel and heat and light and stuff like that like you're fighting for every bit of resource um, so it's kind of like the before times were affluent and yeah. wasteful and you know uh, when they see somebody that old, I'm guessing he's supposed to be in his mid fifties. Yeah, which isn't that old. Like it's, it's not, not that old. Yeah. Like I mean, it's not as old as Gary Oldman's character, but Gary Oldman is like, he's an old man. He's Gary Oldman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's sitting there going like, I remember a time. Like he knows that religion is is a huge. But Gary Oldman, sway. Gary Oldman's character seems like once the apocalypse happened he kind of took over his region and never really left so you know i can see why he'd have gotten um, to that age i'd love to hear the the the, the pre his backstory the pre, right? yeah the prequel the backstory to gary Oldman's character because what he really did was probably like go around and fuck up a few people and you know a bit of a jack the lad and he ended up making this village and it looks like a fucking wild west village you know yeah, like the two yeah. streets it could be what was left over as some like like bumblefuck town in the middle of nowhere, but it just seems to be desert all around. Now, is that because of the flash that happened, or did uh, he that, just pick out the perfect secluded area? Yeah, that, that had you no. Could... He could totally have autonomy over. Or well, it was the thing with the uh, the natural spring, so I'd say it had mostly. And he, yeah, it says uh, Mila Kunis's character says he he found out he knew of that from when he was a boy yeah and yeah. no there's nobody else alive that remembers where it was yeah so, so I, I mean it's like old civilizations they would build around the deltas of rivers and stuff like that because the land was arable uh you know there was there was clean fresh filtered water yeah, yeah. and then you were able to have like trade routes or you were able to navigate up and down the river uh, yeah, easy, yeah easily you know but you know, I'd figure because he knew where that spring was since he was a boy that that's kind of his hometown, or at least close to it. Yeah, maybe. So it'd be like so that he'd gone on his adventure around, 
Like, if the yoke happened, if this guy is traveling for 30 years, he's a walker. If Denzel's character is a walker, Eli. Yeah. Uh, and he's doing that shit for 30 years. Obviously, the flash or the, the event and then the, civil, the, the ensuing civil war happened 30 or more years ago. Yeah, yeah. So Gary Oldman can't be living in that town for 30 years, living in a, a an old abandoned cinema <laughs> where the... Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. I only yeah. saw that when I was watching the movie. Like, I watched I, the movie twice in the last week to do my research, to get my notes on, so right? Much. And uh, the, the, the only the second time I watched it, I was like, that's a cinema. Yeah, I noticed that this, like, the set on the second watch, but uh, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have noticed it the first time. And the whole foyer thing is like, you know, it looks pretty cool. Like, um, I like the way... I'm curious to see how long it'll take you to walk across America now. Oh, to walk across America? Yeah, just to see... But anyway, no, no. Sorry, I'll, I'll check it out. After. It took like Forrest Gump like two years to run across it. Was he going east to? That boy was a running fool. I ran from one side. I ran from one ocean. When I got there, <laughs> I turned around. I ran right back the other way. So it's just like Mila Kunis. You said was a bit naive and a bit stupid or whatever. So like it's thirty years since any real civilization or, or any kind of civilization as we would know it there's a, a, an abundance of illiteracy nobody can read so yeah, this Gary yeah. Oldman character has these lads who can't read out trying to find books <laughs> and the books that he wants to find is actually religious books or in fact even a bible so that he can reintroduce now, religion as a control factor now why didn't Gary Oldman tell them to look for the cross symbol on the uh, book even because he wouldn't have been able to use that as a plot point <laughs> <laughs> but like that it does even, seem a bit redundant. Yeah. It wasn't even a because like they weren't they didn't find they weren't going to find them anyway because yeah. none existed. So it wouldn't have really affected the plot. It was just weird. It wouldn't have affected the plot, would it? Or he he would have just went go and find buildings that have big pointy tops. Just look for Pokemon gyms. Yeah, <laughs> get out your smartphone and just go to Pokemon yeah. gyms. It seems it seems like where would you find the most Bibles? Probably in churches, but maybe in the Civil War, all the churches burned down. But that detail isn't given to us. There's little details like sprinkled through to show you the backstory or whatever, but it's not like. <clears throat> and I love the fact that it's not like this. That they do, uh, you know, those movies where it has like, gang, 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 and then there's just like red writing it comes up on a scroll and it gives yeah, you the backstory. Like in in Running Man, they do that like backstory yeah. thing or whatever. But I'm I'm really glad it didn't do like shitloads of exposition at the start to say, in the world, Which the is, flash happened in 2013 or what you know this yeah, kind of it's shit. It's a like, huge problem with post-apocalyptic yeah, yeah. films. I think it just starts. World War Three only yeah. lasted for ten hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> as soon as the missiles hit the air, people knew they had a matter of hours. <laughs> wow, that, that's a very good trailer voice. Hold on a second, I have to get. I have to see if I sit up straight. <clears throat> The only black man in a post-apocalyptic village has a Bible only he can read. <laughs> this is like a Disney one now. I love Isn't the it? idea of doing trailer voices this? where you give away. Or like, uh, like This summer, Gary Oldman shouts a lot, Book of Eli. Like, that's a good idea to do it because it's not quite honest trailers but just doing one where you just do a normal trailer but you just give away the end it's just like a guy who doesn't know how to yeah, yeah, yeah. how to do a trailer M. Night Shyamalan's The Fog is Chasing Mark Wahlberg 
The fog is the bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like when you're doing the sixth sense and it's like with Bruce Willis and a child and a child who can only see him or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you just give it away straight. This summer, Bruce Willis plays a ghost. <laughs> yeah. You can do like the yeah, just... the adventure guy, but with the Disney voice, because the Disney thing is like, you know, uh, two friends. It's not as grovelly. Yeah, like yeah. it's like two friends go on an adventure that's going to change both of their lives by suicide. <laughs> you know this kind of thing. Or whatever. I like the we joviality should, of it. We should get you actually, because that'd be good for an intro for ours. Like we, we should get. Yeah. You, we should write something and get a, a cool. We survived the apocalypse. So you don't have yeah, to. Yeah. This summer, <laughs> I had a look. There. Circumcisions for everybody. <laughs> I had a look there. This will surprise you. It'd only take forty days to walk from New York to San Francisco. God damn. Forty days. That's not that much. That's as long as Jesus spent in the desert. Yeah. Yeah. That's maybe what he did, according to the Mormon religion. I guess yeah, he just went from New York. To- went to New York from San Francisco, blessing all the Redskins. But now, why is Denzel? I know he's blind, like, but thirty years. If he's thirty years, yeah, but he was fucking working on his tai chi. Maybe he, he, that's like, true. Yeah, he was know, only a Kmart employee before the apocalypse. Think about it. Maybe he 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 knows that he's not what like. In the movie, we meet Denzel, and he's a very accomplished survivalist. Yeah, yeah, like very accomplished. And there's maybe fifteen minutes at the start where there's no dialogue. Yeah, it's eight minutes into the film before. Is it eight any, minutes? Yeah, the, any dialogue. So, like, we start off, we see him, and he's on his back, and he's in this weird, like, uh, almost nuclear winter type, yeah, green yeah. huge. Um, if you've ever saw that uh, video, you know the video you can see about the the nuclear testing. Yeah, yeah. And they let off the nuclear bomb, and there's like a school bus. Oh yeah. And the paint comes off first, and yeah. then the metal comes off, and then the the blast wave hits it. Uh, it's kind of those. It's like a whole lot of people burst, like in Terminator 2, when Sarah Connor's holding on to the things and she bursts yeah, into yeah. flames. And it's just like the children are f- scattering like like snowflake rashers. And it's quite like he's in the, the Upside Down from, yes, from Stranger Things, yeah. which is a must watch, people. Yeah. 2311-63 and Stranger Things. <laughs> watch those shits. Watch that shit. Love Stranger Things. We were talking yeah. about it before the show, right? So fucking good. So good, man. We're going to do an episode on it eventually. Yeah. As as may we do. <laughs> yeah. I think it's yeah. really good. There's a lot of stuff that happens in Stranger Things that we've talked about in our show. Well, that's what MK I was... MKUltra and, uh, you know, uh, like mind control and yeah. alternate dimensions and quantum superposition and... Even the sort of stuff with the monster is like your... Slenderman. Slenderman. Yeah, it's like your the stuff you talked about. Yeah. There. I was saying to Gordo before we recorded that it, it's like if Gordo and Paul had like wrote a TV show based <laughs> on shit they talked about. It's yeah. Kinda... I have a couple of TV show ideas like or even movie ideas based on conspiratorial kind of stuff. Yeah. You're like me where you just have all these fun. Oh, that would be I know the story. Great, yeah, yeah. I have the story start to finish. I just haven't written the dialogue. Like. Yeah. I've got about fucking 20 novels. Yeah. I'll write someday. But... I think we should. I think we should do that. I make a podcast instead. Let's take it up all my time. Radio drama. You can make a radio drama. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. I'd love to do a, so you could do that on your own an audio book of my brother's book called The Blue Ridge Project it's available on Amazon at the moment and that's about uh, you know, time travel internet alternate yeah, dimensions yeah. and stuff and it's about like secret government organisations and it's very conspiratorial based as well so it's like like Stranger Things it's rooted in cool yeah, yeah. I must actually read that I've seen posts you're a book reader though, yeah, right? yeah but I like the way that we might, he's moving home from Spain in the next couple of weeks so we might do it when he comes home. Cool, yeah. And uh, offer it to all our Patreon people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
if you're that listening to this and you want to get into those conspiracy guys <laughs> I guess patreon.com forward slash those conspiracy guys is that a cheeky plug but you're both people listening came from yours anyway but yeah I know some people are listening and going Jesus this fella's going around all the podcasts all around <laughs> yeah. Dublin if I was in America like I'd be traveling to every fucking city doing everyone's I, podcast I love, love that yeah, yeah that uh, there's people like surprised that we even know each other <laughs> Like, because they're really five minutes. Because it's all the American listeners where they take like, what's the chances of like two people doing a podcast and living five minutes down the road in America is probably really slim. Yeah, right? you have to drive a car. But at the same time, when you go to America and you meet an American, they're like, "Oh my god, are you from Ireland? Do you know Paddy Murphy?" <laughs> yeah. You're like, "Who's Paddy Murphy? He's from Sligo." You're like, "No." But like sometimes, from like having this podcast, that sort of stereotype kind of does ring true. Because I've gotten mails from somebody who are like, I, I know five Irish people, and in your podcast, you've referenced <laughs> knowing them all. Like. <laughs> yeah, it does happen. I did a gig in uh, South Carolina. This was back before you even had the podcast. Yeah, yeah this is when I was doing stand-up comedy and stuff. Uh, we did a gig in South Carolina in Charleston, in Theatre 21, I think it's called. Okay. And we went. we were asked out to go for a drink afterwards. This massive guy comes over and he's like, Hey, y'all boys want to come for a drink? You're in my town now. Come over to my place. Drinks are on me. And I wasn't drinking at the time. And I was like, oh, okay, we might. And he's like, no, you're coming to my place. <laughs> you guys are honored guests of my town. And if I say it to everybody here, they all come and buy beers in my... That was the inferred thing. It's like, yeah, yeah. you better fucking come to my, <laughs> to my bar. <laughs> and we end up going to the bar and he's like chewing like chewing tobacco and he's fucking huge but like, like really strong like, he looked like a like a gorilla with a pot with a yeah. pot belly you know somebody who like, just worked his entire life yeah and, but like yeah. drank his entire life yeah as well, well like, after yeah or while while working i have four steaks a day yeah. but he came over and he was just like so you guys are all like chewing the thing so you guys are all comedians huh that was a pretty funny fucking show you did there i got this friend uh, uh james I can't remember the actual guy's name now. He's like, uh, James, I don't know, let's say Murphy, right? right. I, hey, you, you know uh, James Murphy? And we were like, uh, does he look like this? Yeah. And I was like, actually, now that I think about it, you actually look a bit like him. Yeah, I'm his, uh, I'm his uncle. And I'm like, no fucking way, man. He's like, yep. But this guy wasn't from Dublin. He's from like way up the way. And he'd stopped doing comedy like a couple of years yeah, beforehand yeah, yeah. and all this stuff. And you're like, what the fuck, man? Like, some guy comes over and he's like, are you boss from Ireland? Come to my bar. You yeah. know this guy? All right, drinks on me. And you're yeah. like, the only time, like, you go to a place, never been to South Carolina in my life. Yeah, yeah, and some comes over and goes, first guess. You know this guy? Yeah. All right. <laughs> it was a very stereotypical, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. It is like that in Ireland. Because even, like, I always think, or taught for a while, oh, the first time we met was probably shoot Mark, like, yes, when you were here. Surely. And but then I thought about it, it's like no before I even met Mark when you used to work in a mobile phone shop yes we'd seen each other well I went in to buy a phone and you advised me that I'd get a better deal in a completely different shop yeah I'm nothing if not uh, <laughs> you know but it was just fun, transparent like, but that's how and then like maybe a year or two later I met you in a an actual social circle like but it seems like to leave a an impression on people like there's a lot of people I left an impression on working in that shop because I think I was just like honest and yeah, yeah. memorable I guess is I know I just blow my own horn right and I'm just saying like actually, I was I was more of a real helpful. person yeah like fuck it like I couldn't work in a job and not be 
myself myself yeah yeah this shit of like have a nice day now is like if you're a fucking asshole to me I was like I hope you shit yourself <laughs> yeah. yeah and you don't realise until somebody else tells you and the same like advising somebody to buy a phone that you didn't that you knew wasn't a good like yeah you, you want me to type although you might if you didn't like to you, you know I guess sell them a shit phone yeah if you didn't like them but that means obviously yeah. I give off a good impression <laughs> where, uh, yeah, well <laughs> I don't think it was uh you know it's not going to kill my commission to lose my phone but also like I I would like to recommend like it's the same with anybody like if anyone comes to me and goes hey I want to start a website like I'm quite I'm quite good with helping people like benevolent my benevolence is not well known but I mean it's like I've helped a lot of people oh yeah yeah and given maybe sometimes I'd wanted advice or sometimes you know uh, needed advice yeah well been fucking really helpful to us like with well, this podcast like. yeah man like but it's like like for like you know yeah you guys came in here you, like you were a guest on my podcast but i mean just people going hey i want to know about like how to make a website or hey i want to know what, what computer to buy or i'm in the market for such and such a thing can you help me and i'm like if i needed help on something and i knew somebody who knew something i'd like to be able to think that my goodwill advice karma would kick in and I yeah, can find somebody yeah. either online or in real life where I go, come here, can you help me out with this? I need to know about this thing. And there's nothing online about that kind of stuff. Or there is, but I, I don't understand it. Yeah, yeah. Which is a lot of the time where it's like a, a, a complete expert yeah. has written something and they've been an expert so long, they forget yeah. what it's like to be to be starting off. Exactly. But sometimes it's nothing to them to just go, oh, you just do this, 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 yeah, this, yeah. and this. And you're, can you put that in an email? Yeah, no bother. But other so I've started like- people's websites and stuff and it's just like done no problem like there is this fucking weird thing with people though where like some people they study something and they get some knowledge yeah and they don't want to share it because they're afraid that someone's gonna overtake them then yeah but even though they know like i don't i think deep down they know like it's not like if i tell this kid how to what the best way to achieve this the film look shooting on a dslr you know like it's they're not going to like do me out of a job in a few years because of that but i think it's just I think people just have this, oh, well, I had to learn the hard way, so why should I tell you? Like, you just have to... But how quickly would humanity advance if everyone didn't have to fucking do it the hard way? Oh, yeah. Well, that's the... Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? But like we talk about later on in Book I, of Eli... I think that's really bad for society that in total. knowledge yeah. is power, like... Yeah. And that's that's an old a- a- axiom. It's like, knowledge is power. Yeah. Because it fucking is. If you know how to do something and nobody else knows how to do it. Like, tax... Yeah, yeah. Like, there's certain people that learn how to do taxes and they make it specifically and particularly complicated so that not everyone can do it. And the people who are, like, the Panama Papers got released and there's loads of people that are all cheating tax and they're still, like, no one really got in massive trouble for that, even though they were hiding billions of dollars and not paying tax on billions of other dollars. Yeah, yeah. Like, Ireland is a a gaping, gaping, moist vagina of tax fraud accepting all the dicks of the biggest <laughs> businesses just like triple quadruple dicking like just slopping it in there and getting you know two percent corporation tax rates <laughs> and funneling billions through like empty offices in in yeah. you know irish side streets and i'm talking about like apple google facebook yahoo ebay Everyone. paypal pfizer like all of these certain companies are all based in ireland for a reason do you know what I mean? Like yeah, they, they yeah, know yeah. the tax shit is going on here, and the Irish government are going, "Oh yeah, mm, thanks for all your tax." Because two percent of twenty billion is still a shitload of money. <laughs> yeah. Do you know? Oh uh, yeah. Rather than the full twelve percent corporation actually supposed to be paying, but at the same time, um, well, it's the fact that they wouldn't 
if they weren't giving them the, these yeah they wouldn't uh, be here yeah, that's yeah. the thing but like the, the, the whole point is like that like knowledge is power and when you have the knowledge of how something works and you're keeping it from other people like if you have a system that only you know how it works and you're being paid to operate that system you're the only one that gets money from it yeah. but if everybody did it everyone would do it for free and therefore no one would get money that's why they're so fucking antsy about like piracy or they're antsy about yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, you know the, 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 the knowledge of certain trades getting out that you have to like say for example being a lawyer like in Ireland you have to devil somebody which is like do an apprenticeship yeah, yeah. so you have to fucking suck some old grey lad balls for years to be allowed to have the amount of experience and it's not even like quality it's quantity over quality so you have to do it for a certain amount of years then when you've done that you get to do another thing for another certain amount of years and then you get to go off and start your own thing with somebody it's not like in America yeah. where you qualify as a lawyer you get down you get a shop front and you put up a better call Saul sign and then yeah, you're a yeah. fucking lawyer but, um, but that's the problem because you, you made the point about it being uh, quantity over quality yeah but like when you completely when you just fucking share the knowledge and everybody has access to then it become it'll be all about quality because yes. then when when everybody knows how to do it only the best that's will the thing. succeed at that's the thing and the problem with like having that sort of safeguard like protecting knowledge so much like that's why the middle east is kind of in ruins like that's why all the oldest civilizations are the ones that are kind of in shit now why is that because they're they're the ones who the the first people that like the way every country works now where knowledge is protected mm. they'd be the first civilizations to do it where you know the 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 guy in the village who looked after the steelwork he was the only person that done that and he he yeah. safeguarded that and just over the course of time like you're left with nobody really knows how to do anything yeah. anymore and all these civilizations fall the reason like places like some lad gets like a steel girder on him and he dies <laughs> yeah. and he hit and he hadn't told his apprentice how to switch on the machine or whatever but that's kind of yeah, yeah. That's, languages die because of that shit right essentially and yeah i guess it's not it's kind of different now because we're mm. fucking huge like huge amounts of information are out there yeah. for anybody to do anything like there's a YouTube tutorial or a Lynda.com tutorial on everything. But there's still clearly people who don't want to share it. Like, yes. There is certain things, certain informations and instructions of certain operations that people don't want you to know. Well, can you imagine if if the lights went out tomorrow who and we lose the who'd internet? Who would be able to turn it back on? I have no idea how to do it. So. I have no <laughs> idea like how to grow food. Yeah. Properly. I know I have a vague idea of how it could be done, but like the most efficient and productive way to do it yeah. is this. But I don't know that. That's why I'm friends with Shane. He knows that. Yeah. He knows about the growing shit. But like even, like you said, if the electricity goes off tomorrow, all we have is books. But then wouldn't the knowledge be hidden in the books? So those those who own the books own the power then. Essentially, yeah. So that's why in the likes of Game of Thrones that they have the masters. And yeah, they have yeah. like the giant library, so they are the most powerful people in all of Westeros. Yeah, or yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If we face an apocalypse, do you think people with knowledge would become powerful, or would we turn on? Would they be turned on straight away? But it then becomes a different case of like quality over quantity. Like you said, right? If there are, you see, the market falls if it's quality over quantity, but without any, um, without any market integrity. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So if you're willing to go quality over quantity, but you're not willing to play the game of the the priced market, you could have, let's say, for example, a wedding videographer or photographer 
So you have a person who has built up a whole career and has a whole business and they have, you know, uh, two employees and an office and they have a mortgage and they're paying their taxes and they're paying people's wages and all their their, their employee tax and all that shit and they're paying insurance. They have equipment costs, they have to upgrade their equipment, they have to pay for advertising, they have to pay for their website, they have to do all of those outgoings and they're a professional photographer and they charge three grand, let's say, for... A, a, a wedding photography package and then you could get somebody who has a great eye straight out of college and they only have two cameras that they already own yeah, yeah, and yeah. they could do the whole thing for $500 right you would hire the both of them you would get I'd say you could possibly get a similar quality product from both things but the student who doesn't value themselves enough to charge more is undercutting somebody who has uh, like a business and has a whole lot of people dependent on them at that price point. So the younger person is undercutting the other person, which ruins the market because yeah, you're coming yeah, in and selling it. It's like what we talked about in Peak Oil. Like they're saying that it's a finite resource when you can actually re- recreate oil, like abiotic oil or yeah, fuel. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they went through all these provisions to outlaw it because they need to keep keep it rare to keep the price up. So if you're not respectful of the market, that's why maybe that knowledge is is not as freely available or some knowledge is kept back because they don't want people without any like you know financial moral code to be able to get the stuff and just go we'll have it for free yeah yeah well essentially it's the same reason a a magician won't share his tricks yeah because if everybody can do the trick nobody's impressed by it there you go i think that if you let the majority of people have their say or have their own way give them the autonomy to choose that they will eventually choose, you know, the right path, yeah, and those yeah. that won't weren't going to be your customers anyway. I like the whole Apple um, developers' attitude towards payment for apps and stuff like that. So you Which could is? get, like, on Windows, you have to get key gens and stuff. If you want to crack some software, yeah, yeah. But there are kids who have like saved up and spent a shitload on their, you know, the MacBook three or grand MacBook, yeah. So they have a MacBook, but they can't afford all the software to go with it to make the things that they're making so they pirate the software yeah. but it's very easy to do you download the fucking thing you install it on a Mac there's no serial numbers it's just it's on it yeah yeah but the people who put that up are they at the are they at like is it their fault are they the criminal are they the are they the ones they're sharing the knowledge the people who download it and they use it are they the criminal are they the pirate because they shared it because they downloaded it and they're using it to to make back to make money to make products that make money um i i find invariably from the people that i know that have got macbooks so for the years they were learning how to use these products and learning how to use these apps to gain the skills in like say photoshop or, or adobe premiere pro or final cut they were using like a cracked version yeah, yeah. until they were able to be good enough to get paid to make that product yeah, yeah and as soon as they got money to be paid to make that product they bought the software yeah well yeah and that's been adobe in particular yeah they never cracked down but they have like creative cloud is a totally different payment model to any other type of software and yet i'm subscribed to creative well, cloud apparently, and i give them i give them like 70 bucks a month yeah and that's the of all the stuff that is now on the cloud they're the ones that everybody willingly pays for because everybody's like I learnt how to use yep. everything I do I learnt it on Adobe I'm used to it's them standard. I trust them yeah. but they're the best software as well they're the also really time. good yeah yeah because Whereas, they're able to get all the feedback 
from a way bigger audience than they would because they gave it away for free. But to get back on point, the whole the whole thing of like the knowledge is power thing. If you if you were able to withhold the knowledge from a certain amount of people, and people use this as a power play in the modern world, so there's like tribes and stuff in Africa uh, that that there's like villages and 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 townships in Africa where the people are specifically and particularly kept illiterate or uneducated because they're easier to control that way. And if you're able to come down and tell them some religious mumbo jumbo and they don't know any different or they can't educate themselves in any different way, then you're kind of like you have control over their minds That's and hearts it. and it's souls. Like Back to what we were talking about with fucking Johnny Rockefeller. Yeah, man. With, uh, when he was out starting universities and get people smart enough that they can do the job you want them to do. But... And give the message that he wanted to give. Yeah. So if you're, if you're teaching people your doctrine, if you're telling people history from your point of view and they think that's what history is, then that's what it is. Fair. And then they tell their people, those people tell those people, and it goes down generationally until there's nobody alive left. Like in Book of Eli, there's nobody alive left to remember where the fucking water is. Yeah, and Gary Oldman's character is fucking Rockefeller. He is. Even like... A very dirty, base <laughs> version of it. But, but the water, his... Yeah. Like, there's plenty of water underneath the town and he's acting like it's this finite resource yeah, he's that he has. Out, yeah. He wants to use religion as a weapon, which fucking Rockefeller done. Yeah. Gary Oldman's character saying, I want religion as a weapon. That in itself is, you know, that's that's a dangerous I know, yeah. thing. Like He said, uh, it's a weapon. It's aimed at the hearts and minds of the weak and the desperate. That's a quote from the movie. Yeah, that's yeah. what he says. Like, uh, your man's like, it's just a book. It's not a book! It's a, it's a weapon! Like that's a very good version. Like old man, you just have to shout. But like the the thing is, it's true. Yeah. Like, like if you go that, yeah. to a bunch of uneducated people who are desperate for a bit of salvation, and they're fucking sick and dying, of course they're gonna. Do you know, like what are the missions to Africa? What happened with Orthodox uh, Orthodox uh, Christianity in Russia? Yeah. What happened with uh, the Christian missions from Spain and Portugal to South America, trying to convert the savage? from paganism to Christianity and now all these countries are plagued with all these like uh, Christian laws like laws that were based in Christian doctrine that are now infiltrating their their political regime it's what happened in Ireland same in like, Ireland Ireland was the best example of just this religious takeover but control of the subconscious mind of the people like it was infested it's not like the law of the land it's the law of your heart yeah, yeah. Do you know the law of your mind, your subconscious, your guilt center, your fucking, your moral compass has been firmly demagnetized. Yeah. And you're told this is wrong, this thing is right. And it fucks up your decision making. It fucks up your, 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 uh, you know, in, interpersonal relationships with people. Like, it'll make you say one thing when you really mean another. And it led to a lot of duplicity and ended up in a lot of, like, buried feelings and you know a lot of turning a blind eye to certain things because people were in positions of power like the paedophilia in the catholic church that that was all based from like catholic laws where they're like yeah. don't do as i say not as i do yeah. do as i say not as i do well it's the guilt it's using guilt as yes. well like religion's use of guilt as a weapon in particular because yeah. guilt is probably the most powerful emotion humans have like that's something that can fucking destroy people i'm looking into the black lives matter stuff at the moment yeah. If you're talking about guilt, like the white guilt of the history of like Africans being brought to That's, America and white guilt is that powerful that even we feel it, even though we don't, we come from a, a, race a country that, that was oppressed. Yeah, that we, fuck. no, no Irish person ever owned a slave. No. Like, but yet we, it's that power, powerful that people completely, 
because because uh, sometimes I'm like I do find it when they like blame white people. It's like, can you say American and British white people and leave the rest of us out of yeah. it? Yeah, segregate us from those other white people. Yeah, yeah. I wish we had some kind of delineating marks, like uh, maybe some like dots or whatever. Oh no, wait. <laughs> Irish people have those. They're called yeah. freckles. Yeah, and certain uh, like. You know, a hue, a hue in, of beard. Yeah, incapable of having a dark beard. No matter yeah. what your hair colour is. You Mine get, is going two-tone, there's some silver bits. Yeah. It's funny, it like, how we, uh, I'm blonde, but I have a ginger beard. Why? Yeah. <laughs> I've never had not a ginger beard. I think it's like, you know, the the no matter how not Asian you look, you still kind of have that, a bit of Asian about yeah. you. Know? Uh, but I sorry, just, I stepped on your point. No, I think that, like, the white guilt, like you said, transfers to Irish people when we had fuck all to do with it. Yeah. Um, in fact, like the, the, there was as many Irish slaves sold. Oh yeah, stop hey. But it's just, it's just, it seems to be like a really hot button topic at the moment, and we have to go like Book of Eli. The only one black dude is is blind in it, and he's walking around like uh, a sword wheeling Ray Charles. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, like, was is the black are black people being represented properly in that? Did they all kill themselves in this in the in the war after the Flash? And in any post-apocalyptic movie, how many black people actually are there? Yeah, if you now they do, and they specifically talk about in Book of Eli how different people where different people well were when the when the flash happened. Yeah, most of them were in bomb shelters and stuff. Most of them survived it. But were the people in the well, lower economic in, exactly? Uh, yeah, levels, you're not going to be able to afford bomb shelters. Exactly. So they're just in the school gym hoping. Because did Denzel say how he did he reveal? Like how he survived it all? No. Because there is something where, did it, when she goes through his bag, does he have like a Kmart badge or something? I'm not sure. I don't think I spotted it, but I saw it on the trivia. Right, right. Did you right. see his badge? So he obviously he just worked in the fucking. He worked in Kmart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know maybe he was in like the cellar or something. Yeah, <laughs> in the fridge. <laughs> and he came out and everyone was melted to the wall. I imagine it must be very difficult to to be blind learn, in the apocalypse. To be blind in general. Yeah, it'd be shit, man. Like, I couldn't see myself being able to handle it. Like, <laughs> I wear glasses and I have very, very, very poor eyesight. Yeah, I would So have I would the imagine best, myself yeah. being in an apocalypse and having that Twilight Zone moment. You know, that guy. It's my biggest and he's worry. on his own and he's like, I have all the time yeah. to read all these books. And he drops his glasses and they're smashed. And he's like, no. Like, that, man, if that happened That's to me, terrifying. Well, I, I, I have to get laser eye surgery. That's the Before only the way. Well, yeah, and I should probably get it in next year or two. Yeah, Considering like, what's going it, on. It feels like it's close, right? I'm I'm due another uh, test, so I might... I think slash it out. But, yeah, I don't I think, think anything could fix Eli's eyes in Book of Eli. <laughs> no, I think no. he was blinded by the flash of the hydrogen bomb. And he had to learn how to use his senses to survive yeah, yeah you could see at the start of the movie from the very start i wonder it, how he learned braille though because you'd imagine somebody needs to teach you that that's not something you can you can't learn it from a book because you can't see he had 30 years to learn it but how would you figure it out maybe somebody taught him that's what i'm saying he had 30 years yeah he probably couldn't read the bible prop from cover to cover until like year 10 oh maybe i don't know He's all like Deuter Well how long Deuteronomy What the fuck does that mean How long does it take you To learn how to read At like a, a You know A decent level In any language Well just it, yeah, For I us suppose. it's like uh, Probably not until like Sixth class But 30 years is a long time though Yeah It is a long like, time Like if that's all he was doing Was like Well he was He was fucking learning Tai Chi and shit So I like him Becoming a badass Learning how to use that sword Chop lads yeah, hands off very like, quick I just thought that um 
It was it was funny that he was more productive in the apocalypse than yeah, most absolutely. people are trudging entirely. Absolutely. Sorry, and catching cats. <laughs> I thought that uh, you know from the very very start, not knowing that he was blind from the start as part of the story. Yeah. That the as going back to the to the as the the bomb blows up like in Terminator Two, you know. Uh, and they all get turned into like snowflakes. Yeah. So you're yeah. in this like green open scenes, like green snowflakes. You make like a, it sounds so nice. They all get turned cat. into snowflakes. Yeah. But but it's like it's like snowflakes that smell like bacon. <laughs> so oh, yeah. bacon snow. Um, and he shoots the cat with a big uh, uh, bow and arrow or whatever. Yeah. And you're going, oh man, this lad is fucking badass. He looks like something to fall out. Like it's deadly. And you have no idea that he's blind because he's like shooting shit like dead on and he has all that accuracy. Yeah. But when you know he's blind and you're watching him go through all the stuff, like he taps the car door with the bag mm. with the cat in it, searches around the thing. Like he is, he, he when he kicks the door open, he's like going into abandoned houses, which would be a huge, like a huge burden on somebody who's in the future. Like who, who like stress of like raiding people's houses yeah. not knowing for somebody in there if you did kick a door open like having to make a split decision whether to yeah. kill them or not are they going to kill you or not you open the door and there's just some mother and her starving yeah. child and you're like, like oh s- s- nice cans talking about the tinned tuna yeah the tinned stuff. tuna and yeah. all the, the beans and stuff like but it's just if you're blind and you're kicking open doors how do you know that there's not somebody like going <gasps> And then silently, like, moving over yeah. their hand to get a gun to shoot you real quick. So he kicked the door open, and he has a shotgun, and he looks around, and he smells stuff an awful lot. Yeah, yeah. So you're wondering, like, how is he, why is he smelling stuff, you know? Well, and that's one of the, one of the first things he says is, he, he, he I don't know if he referenced his eyes, but he says, I, I can smell, uh, a stand a stick up when I know one or something like or he, I, he comes across a woman that's on the ground and she's tied to a, a shopping trolley shopping yeah. trolley that has a gammy wheel and she goes help me and he goes there's one good thing about soap or the lack of it I could smell hijackers from a mile away and your man kicks the, the oak down and he goes man you got some good smell yeah, yeah. smell us from 30 feet away yeah yeah he's like I love that you knew that so yeah man like he's 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 good like he, he he's able he's tuned the senses and even when those guys come over to attack him he's like you touch me with that hand again you won't get it back yeah, yeah. and then your man goes out to reach him and just before he gets there he can hear if you're really listening you can hear the movement of yeah, the yeah, yeah. clothes and stuff like that and he just goes and your man loses his hand and then as the other guys close in you could see Denzel, and he he looks back behind him to where the darkness was when he came under the bridge. Now, if yeah, you know yeah, he's yeah. blind, you're thinking, he's thinking, I was walking through a place and the sun was on me. And then I was walking and it was dark, it was in shadow, because I must have went under a bridge. Yeah, yeah. So if I pull back into the darkness, I'll have an advantage over them because they won't be able to see properly. Yeah, yeah. So when they go to attack him, he takes three or four steps back into the dark and he fights them in the dark. It's all like, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like those little tips as you, like on second watching, it, yeah, gets, yeah. it, it gets more interesting, you know? Have you watched Daredevil on Netflix? No, I, I'm not into it. No? No. It's pretty good. It's like that, is it? I know he's blind. Like, yeah, well, he does shit like there's a great... Super hearing and shit, right? Yeah, well, he doesn't... It's more like he's using his other senses. Mm. He's he's essentially doing what Denzel does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he does stuff like there's one episode where he's 
been tight he's been chained to a, a wall for ages and he, he breaks out and he's got like this chain how does he break out with taste uh, no, actually, somebody lets him out. <laughs> no, I think he's let out of it. It's him and Punisher have a. Di- anyway, right. that's not what's important. What's important there's this fucking awesome uh, fight through this corridor that's all done in one take. But the first thing he does in it, he just like look, he he feels or hears the flicker of the lights over him, right? And he just starts whipping them to break them, just so as he fights, he mows fights through everybody in, dark. in darkness. It's the same idea, but it's just a really yeah. cool... It, I think uh, you'd actually like Daredevil. It's I, not, I'd give it a shot, so. It's closer to, like, the Nolan Batman movies than your typical... Okay, like I just pro- I really didn't like Ben Affleck's... No, well, that's you see, that's such a horrible take on it. No, the character's just really... It's a really dark... Like, oh, that's it's okay. Just, it's good. I like it dark, but I just... I, I didn't like Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck has... His head is too big. <laughs> I haven't watched... I haven't even watched Argo and that motherfucker won an Oscar. Like, I'm like, that's nah, man. Good. His head is too fucking big to look at. <laughs> you can keep your movie, son. How do you like them apples? No, the, the lad playing Daredevil now has a normal shape and size okay, head. That's okay. No, I might, I, on your recommendation, it I is very it good. The first season is fantastic. The second season, if you're a, do, do you know the Punisher character? I do. Yeah, like he could. It's him and Daredevil. Oh, it's a crossover. Yeah, it's them. They're at odds. Two philosophical differences and, on how to sort this mess out. Yeah, I like Punisher's outlook. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. good. Fuck them all. Um, it's just it's cool how to see like somebody who's blind like get along in in like how difficult would that be in an apocalypse to get along with like how could you do that shit like it's hard enough to survive full sight so can you imagine yeah. the hardship like we we meet this guy at, at a and like all good stories you take like a truncation of somebody's journey and it's usually the last couple of days yeah, the yeah, last time you know um it's usually like either the last time or it's at the most important time in their life that the story because there's no point in like the whole movie is just prequel yeah you yeah. know Phantom Menace but like it's just you you don't see him while he do, like you just see the, the finished product and you're like Jesus what must he have gone through and you start thinking about all the stuff that he did in the past and how he got yeah, to where he yeah. is and just the little things in the first eight minutes that really set the scene like beats survived the apocalypse obviously yeah an apple an apple so he's listening to an ipod although my uh, old ipod is still like the most reliable mp3 player i have yeah man i had an iriver that lasted for about 10 years it <laughs> was some iriver it was some serious shit like they don't make stuff like this the, but if he had an ipod and he had some beats headphones and you're thinking yeah okay well there's obviously some kind of civilization left there you know yeah, uh, yeah. he's washing himself with like handy wipes from kfc yeah. A lot of brand mentions yeah, in the yeah. first few minutes. Like these these companies survived the apocalypse. I can imagine this blind guy like smelling I smell I smell chicken. Like and he's like going into a KFC and he's like pulling the drawers open trying to feel like how how crispy, how crispy is. is that thing, like oh oh yeah no that oh they're wet wipes, cool, take a load of them. <laughs> like when you're walking across the land and in the middle of the night the lights aren't on and you have your eyes open it's an awful lot easier to navigate if you close your eyes yeah because it's one less sense yeah yeah to have to worry about like oh and your brain is trying to go can I see it and can I see it and it's it's blocking up the RAM well I do that a lot like if you fucking go up in the night just to use the bathroom when Mm -hmm. we're going downstairs and like you can see a bit of light but it's kind of it's more of a burden like because you're focusing on the wrong thing so you kind of just close your eyes and don't really look and just go with feel different when it's like a stairs you know like you know 
he can do it. He, yeah, but I mean, this guy is walking across the country and he, he doesn't take the same steps twice. Yeah, exactly. Here's a here's a, a tip for everybody out there, these apocalypse watchers. If you do get woken up in the middle of the night and there's no lights on and you have to turn on a light to go somewhere like the bathroom, keep one eye closed. Yeah. Turn on the lights, do your business. And then on the way back, turn off the lights and use your closed eye to navigate your way back through the darkness because it won't be a clean, uh, your iris won't be open and acclimatized to the bright light. Yeah, that's a very good idea. You won't end up dark blind. Yeah, yeah. Dark blind's the word. Dark blindness. Do you think, in a way, does it make it easier for Denzel's character because you think like the apocalypse happens, your entire way of life is changed. Everybody's looking out for themselves. Everything's just gone to shit. Imagine Everyone's life is irre- irreparably yeah. and irre- irreversibly changed, and his is as well. But that's just a little bit extra. But if anything, he's, blind. he's almost got a better because he's got even bigger shit. He's not even worried about the apocalypse. He's like, I'm blind. I gotta deal with this yeah. shit. He has now. to focus on himself and and advancing his own personal. Uh, skill set because I think like if I fucking went blind I, to be honest like that's such a horrible thing to have I don't think I could live man I wouldn't give a shit about what else is going on in the world at that point I'm like I'm blind I gotta fucking deal with this and you can see how so people the world go through that PTSD apart. or to go through that trauma like they need to have counselling and stuff if they do go deaf or they do go blind mm. that you kind of have to you have to you have, you have to kind of deal with that yeah, and it yeah. is a bit as people go oh he's gone all real selfish and weird and people go blind you know in movies and you see them like turn into drugs and yeah they turn on their wife they and turn on their wife and they're all yeah. like they're strung out with like bags under their eyes and stuff that don't work bags under their eyes and stuff and just like oh fuck everybody and you can totally understand that because you're like yeah. your life is fucked your I life as you knew it I could not do it until you had to learn a new skill set and do all that stuff but while Denzel was learning braille he was also learning like jujitsu and krav maga and learning how to work a sword and do you know I'm I sure that wasn't a hobby of his before the apocalypse no no right? it's though it could be you'd never know I mm-hmm. imagine not though and the thing with a lot of those martial arts like tai chi and that you know they focus a lot on like blindfolding you yes it's all so, true it's all true movement and, and yeah yeah uh, the the natural movements of the body. Well, I guess that's why it's a it's cool where you don't get the backstory. The in those thirty years, I mean, he could have met a mentor who yeah. trained him. He could, had all these other adventures. Like, and you were saying it takes forty days to walk across America, but that's from one definite destination to another definite yeah, destination. Yeah. He was going to, I think, Alcatraz Island. Yeah, that was yeah. where that was where the the the, the library was. Yeah, uh, but he could have been going like. All down the east coast, all around through the dust. He bowl. had to find out where this place was. All first. around Texas, yeah. yeah. He had to go and find out is there a place where he can go. And also, that's forty days following a road. Yeah, he probably wasn't on a road. Probably most of the, the road, desert. Most of the roads probably weren't left. There was probably cities that completely. And that's forty destroyed. days of what twelve hours walking. Like oh he yeah, had to, he had to go and yeah. find shelter, and he had to find food, and he had to do all that stuff. So it's oh yeah, yeah. Thirty years is a long time to be doing something like that, though. I think generally it takes because even in the road, I think they've been they've been walking for five years in yeah, the road. So like, this is t- this is fucking forty days on yeah. Google Maps straight. Line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, it's not as, a, you the, as the crow flies. No, for, nobody could actually just do it yeah. in forty days. I think it's cool how um, there's little clues all the way along that he's blind, like the the sunlight coming through the window. He doesn't wake up until the sunlight hits his closed eyelids yeah. and stuff like that. Um, he feels the heat on his face or whatever, and he's like, "Oh, it's time to wake up." Like living like that. Not knowing where you're going to sleep at night, not knowing where you're going to eat, it must be so so stressful. But he seems so calm as a character in Book of Eli. He seems so very like together, and he has his moral code. He has his rules, 
when he comes across the bandits that shoot. There's a couple that are uh, driving a, yeah. a, a cart full of their wares, and they just drive up, shoot the shoot the guy. They start to rape the woman, and you're going like, oh, yeah, this is fucking law of the jungle shit. This is like Mad Max shit, and he's saying to himself, "Stay on the path, yeah, stay on the path." And when you're watching, you expect once he's shot, you're like, "Oh, Denzel's going to swing into action now," but no, because you can't. Yeah, you're fucked. It was a very. It reminded me very much of the last scene in Red Dead Redemption, where you play as John Myers. Oh, sorry, yeah, the game. Sorry, you play as John Myers and a cowboy, and at the very last scene where you play John Myers, then he comes out of a barn, and there's like twenty five dudes all with guns on him. Yeah, and yeah. you're like, you're kind of fucked. Like yeah, there's no way yeah. out of it. And I tried it like twenty times to try and shoot all the guys with my dead eye meter, and there's that you just have to just acquiesce that's that's your ass like you know is there no way to like win no you die and then you play on as the sun oh. for the last 10% of the game or whatever but it's very like it's heartbreaking because you just spent the whole time trying to save this guy's life trying to level this guy up and you, you know you're really invested in the character I 100% of Red Dead Redemption I'm, I'm quite proud of it it's one of my favourite games of all time yeah I never actually played it but so good it man it looks great yeah. so good I might oh that sounds great very very cool but it's like that for, for Denzel when he gets shot. Uh, spoilers. Uh, and there's like... He gets shot, but it shows it from like nine angles. And yeah. there's like a lightning strike and stuff like that when it happens. And it's very like, oh, the Lord. I the love- Lord God has like started to punish the earth. Like yeah. God went whoosh, with some lightning to go like, he was my messenger, yeah. Gary Oldman. I fucking love when he gets shot and he goes down and he just stands up and acts yeah. like nothing happened. And then he just falls. But his eye movement, you can tell, if you know that he's blind, watch it on a second time, you can tell that he's still trying to make it look like he can see. Yeah. But well, his concentration to... is work, yeah. working on where he's just been shot. So he's also like, oh shit, uh, don't let them know that I'm blind, but also, fuck, I just got shot. Like, but it's just it's... that thing of stay on the path. I've been doing all this, I've been yeah. pretending I can see, yeah. I've been doing all this for 30 years, so just stand up and stay. It's the same reason when he's leaving the town, he just walks as they're shooting at him. I like that. He's just so, I've got did, to get there. Exactly, yeah. But that's probably, I guess that's the reason somebody like his character could fucking wind up blind and still learn fucking Tai Chi and all this. But he just has an awareness and a space. Like, yeah, it's, he, he, he says, when he's in the cave with Mila Kunis, he says, uh, a voice came to me and told me that I had to do this shit. Yeah. And she yeah. just couldn't understand it. And you said earlier on that she was quite childish in her way of going on and she was quite, like, almost smirking and laughing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, she's a bit of a, like, maybe she wasn't a great actress at that point, but it was just the thing of, like, I didn't really believe it, but when you lean right back into the story and the time that it's set in and what's happened beforehand, you're kind of going like, "This bitch can't read. She's never seen TV. Yeah, like she's growing it's up a in a different this world. world yeah. Do you know? Uh, so when she sees a book, of course she's hungry for knowledge. Like, but people are people are starved of knowledge because they don't want people to have power, and it's. I, <laughs> It is a little bit annoying the way she goes on. Yeah, I just find her a bit wooden. Like, it's not even the character. I understand that she should be childish. She makes, she makes me a bit wooden. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> you teed that up for me, man. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm just disappointed I, you got there. I know, me. I am. <laughs> no, no, I, I didn't actually race. see it. I didn't even see uh, it. I didn't see the wood. I like the technology that's of the time because it's very kind of steampunky. It's very um, Mad Maxian. Yeah. And it's yeah. very. You can see, like. Allusions to the old times, as they call them. Uh, like e- Eli, back to yeah, Eli has a, an iPod and he has some Beats, but he also has like a portable battery. 
Yeah. So when the battery runs out on the iPod and he's in that shack at the start and he's pressing the buttons, but he just presses the buttons loads of times and nothing happens. It's saying low battery. Yeah. But we don't know that he can't see that. Yeah, exactly. Because I remember the first time I seen it, I was like, that's such a movie thing. Like, why just letting the audience know it's not working? Why would you continue to press it? But I was like, oh no, because he's fucking blind. No, right? that's so, so clever. It is good. It's so clever that it made. The circumvention of it. Because, like, it yeah. made me think it was silly. Yeah. And then you feel silly for uh, thinking. Yeah, then I'm like, I'm a fucking idiot. I like when he goes into Tom Waits and he's like, uh, here, I need to charge my battery. But as he goes in, he rings the bell and you can see him, like, and he. he he gestures up and he he regards the bell and he's like, okay, so that's where the bell is if someone else comes in behind yeah, me. Like yeah. it's, it's being aware all the time, you know. And uh, Tom Waits has the gun and he goes, you're not from here. But but he said, like, Denzel provokes him into cocking the gun so he can hear where yeah, it is. Yeah. And then he just goes, oh, you know, it's, and he moves his head and as he moves it, he just goes, and he flips the, flips the, the gun yeah, around yeah. on your man and he goes, I'm 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 cool, right? Yeah. And then he immediately hands him back the gun. Kind of says, "I can kill you, but I don't want to." Yeah, yeah. It's very cool, swift moves, and you have to learn that shit to be able to go. Like, I need to get business done quick. I'm in this place. I want to get out of this place. Here's, you know, my moral compass. Yeah. I'm yeah. not here to rob you. I could kill you. But that's and that's it. Like letting somebody know. Yeah. That like I could, and I ha- and yet I haven't. So. You have and it's to, not a you threat. Just have to tr- yeah. No, it's like saying you just have to trust me. Like there's, you've got no other choice but to trust me. Like, or I'll kill you. Yeah. Or I could, but yeah. I won't. Yeah. <laughs> it's very vague. It's a veiled threat, I think. Uh, and well, he, gets like him, saying, he gets him to charge that battery. And that battery could power like, you know, the, the iPod. It could power like a lamp. It could power, you know, yeah. whatever was in it. He was using it to charge stuff with. And I think those kind of technologies that we have now like solar technology, like we talked about in peak oil, it takes yeah, yeah. 27,000 kilometers squared of solar energy, which is the size of Spain. Yeah, yeah. To be able to um, power, power the world. Power the world, yeah. Like, that's not a lot. So if you had something like, uh, I think they're called Big Gorilla or something like that. There's like a, these these portable um, photovoltaic cells that you can get. And you have one that's like 15 volt output. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's maybe the size of an A4 sheet of paper when you fold it out. Yeah, yeah. And it can power your laptop. Yeah, yeah. Like you charge it up, it charges into a battery, and that battery can charge your laptop like three times. And they're not even that expensive. They're like 90, 90 yeah, euros. you can get them in Maplins. Yeah. Like. So, I mean, that kind of stuff is going to be the future, I think. Yeah. And uh, it's weird to see those kind of technologies. Like, if we ended up in that kind of situation... What technologies would be kept? Would computer technology be important? Would the internet be important to to revive? If electricity went off, would it be essentially get electricity turned back on to have the internet? Yeah, do you think that's like that's a film just waiting to be made where it's like a book of Eli scenario where it's somebody on a quest, but their quest is to go to try and start back up the internet? Yeah, I think like what would be the most important resource for humanity? to keep if everything got switched off I think it would be the internet yeah I just don't know how you can like communication is paramount I think oh absolutely in humanity at the moment and a lot of people that say oh yeah it'd be brilliant if the internet got turned off because people would be working on Facebook and shit like that and you're like yeah but also people would be able to call each other we see technically the internet can't be shut down it's just access to it you know the internet's always going to be there like once there's fucking satellites up in the yeah but unless like unless something something else gets switched off that's the yeah yeah 
yeah, it's our means to actually connect to it. But we kind of, well, it depends on what cause it is. Mm. In the event of a nuclear war, the internet should still be there, yeah. technically. Yeah. But, you know, we could run up against shit like fucking solar flares and stuff like that, and they could just take out everything that's but ever... But, I mean, the infrastructure to connect to the internet could be rare. Like, the server farms yeah, yeah. that keeps all the stuff would be there. Yeah, yeah. But the you wouldn't be able to just go anywhere and get Wi-Fi. Exactly, yeah. It'd yeah, be yeah. A, a finite resource. Yeah, yeah. Let's say. It's like that episode of South Park. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you man jizzes all over himself. Yeah. yeah. Actually, just going back to, because I just mentioned nuclear war there, do you, because it is, it's suggested anyway that it was a nuclear war and that's what the, the flash... The flash, it calls it, yeah. It could be a hydrogen bomb. I looked into hydrogen, yeah. thermonuclear versus nuclear bombs. Yeah, yeah. And like thermonuclear is like infinitely more destructive. Yeah, yeah. We we went into it a bit in our Fallout episode. Right. But, well, not a whole pile, like, because we didn't know enough about it. But the thing, watching the film, because everybody wears sunglasses when they leave. Yeah, it, seem, it seems like a, a desertification of the planet yeah. has happened. He, he describes it, right, in uh, the cave, where he says that they did something to the atmosphere and it caused a hole, and then the sun got in. So he's talking with... Um, Sonoma what the fuck is her name Solara Solara yeah, yeah. Some with Mila Kunis' character in the room uh, where he is kind of kept hostage by uh, Gary Oldman's character and she asks him like oh what was it like in the before time what was it like in the before time <laughs> and he's there going like we used to throw away things that we kill each other yeah. over now well, I think that's going to be very true he talked about what we talked about in the Peak Oil episode yeah I mean yeah. like you run out of shit and that's it then that's it for that thing. Yeah. Uh, and then when they're in the cave, she's asking them more questions, and she goes like, "Well, what happened? What was the what was the war?" And he's like, "Well, there was the flash, and then there was the war, and the war tore a hole in the sky, and the sun came in through that hole and burned everything up." Yeah. yeah. So it could be maybe a solar flare, like the war did something to the to the ozone layer. Yeah, yeah. And like then- they blew up a, a, a hydrogen bomb that burned off the the ozone gases or whatever, and the the protection from yeah, solar yeah. flares the solar energy went down and it burned everything up and that's why there's no vegetation any place yeah yeah do you know there is a, it, at the very start he is in a forest though so but then that could be we don't know the timeline that stuff in the at the start that could have been fucking 20 years ago yeah so that could have been when he was Never up north that. that could have been fucking yeah. what it's like up north where there's a nuclear winter I know that if you're in like New Mexico or, or Arizona or something like that that if you're going out and you're not wearing glasses you're fucking blind. Yeah, like, you have yeah. to do that shit. Maybe that's where it was. And he was quite close to San Francisco because yeah, yeah. when they were driving, he's like, can you smell the salt in the air? Like, yeah. So they were pre- like they were, clo- they were a drive away from San Francisco. So they could have been in like Arizona or Nevada. They could have been somewhere close yeah. to that West Coast where they would need glasses and it would be a desert type of topography. Uh, if you were in a snow area, if you were in an area that had all snow and you don't wear glasses, you get snow blind. Like, yeah, yeah. It's so bright. The, reflect, the yeah, reflective absolutely. nature just. But even like if the sun, like say whatever happens that, you know, the, the hole in the sky, as he says, all it needs is like fucking if the sun is just 1% brighter than it yeah. normally would be, you're fucked. <laughs> like, you know, you, you have to, you're going to go blind if you're not wearing glasses. Like, maybe Maybe that's what the flash was. It could be a hydrogen bomb that blew up the thing and everyone was looking at it yeah it could be a confluence of those things I think yeah yeah well it could have even been the fucking sun just kicked up one day and everybody went to war because they didn't know what the fuck was going on and started arguing yeah, with each other it's, like, it's, a re- it's a weird 
premise like that they don't explain it exactly but I like that because oh, yeah, it's like yeah. well, it's, it's not important and it's been 30 years yeah. you'd be sick of talking about by that point Cause or anyone that's to... alive now wasn't there for it yeah, yeah like yeah. Denzel and Gary Oldman were the only ones that were actually witnesses to it or whatever and even that's why Denzel would be vague about it because that's probably the fucking thousandth time some young girl has asked him what happened yeah. and he was like a fucking hole in the sky like, oh if like, I have to describe this to get yeah. some pussy again <laughs> yeah, go yeah, on exactly. I'll tell you take off the pants like having to tell you know when like older people are that when you have to explain to them what a podcast is yeah is that like the radio but now it's just going uh, radio you just say radio this is what they know man I like the way when Tom Waits gets his hands on that battery that that he hands in that that Denzel hands in uh, Tom Waits goes oh cool it's Neo 101 I haven't seen one of these since the 90s and you're like since the 90s What's he doing going around with 90s technology? Did he mean the 1990s? Maybe it could have been the 2090s. Well, it's set in 2048, I think. Is it actually? Yeah, I think that's is there, the, a, is there a year? Anywhere? I can't remember where it actually yeah. is now. But. I would I would imagine that it would be twenty in, in like the 21st century because when the, the road gangs... So the, the whole premise of the Bible finding thing is that uh, Gary Oldman's character wants to find a Bible so he sends these road gangs of young lads out in these like doom buggies and motorbikes to find all the books they can find yeah. and hopefully one time find a Bible and when the speech that he gives when he confronts uh, Denzel when he finds out that the book in his bag is in fact a Bible that he's been searching for he comes out and he goes I need that book the words in the book they say what I can't I need the words people want those words I remember from the old times they have power they help people (laughs) these people are all desperate they all have nothing and what's in that book can save their lives like it was all like that kind of building up this whole thing and Denzel goes I've been looking for a place as a home for this book I haven't found it yet and he starts walking off and your man's like fuck you shoot him like you know yeah, it yeah. ends up being very uh, very contentious over this particular book but I think it's quite funny that when the lads come back with these pillowcases full of books that they like imagine if they like some raiders came into this place and they had a load of books but the raiders are all illiterate yeah. they wouldn't know which ones are bibles and which ones aren't like and you've about 100 books here right yeah, yeah. or more so they're just piling them on into pillowcases and then dumping them out <laughs> yeah. your man's desk so as they dumped them out there was like an, a magazine with oprah on the front cover yeah, yeah. and it was pristine and it was like an, an, the da vinci code a, there was a version of the da vinci code there was a version of the secret like it all fell out onto his desk and they were pretty like good looking so it wasn't like anything like a hundred years later yeah but then there's like when the room denzel's been kept in the poster on the wall is completely ripped and the, you know it's really tattered yeah but I always find that funny because who would who would keep that poster on the wall after all those years? How would the blue tack not disintegrate? Yeah, but it, it's really because it's a poster of a boy and his dog, which yeah. is like the first sort of post-apocalyptic film. Yeah, who in that world would put up that poster? It's like a Fallout uh, or, or I Am Legend or what was that? Oh, they have the Batman v Superman. No, no, the the boy with his dog. Oh, the no. film itself. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Have you ever you've not seen it? No, no. Oh, it's really it's a really weird trippy film. 
Oh. It's a... I've seen that iconic thing where the boy is there and the dog and they're walking off into the sunset, it looks like, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they take... I think that's what There's dog... a computer game... Well, in Fallout, you get a dog called Dog Meat, and that's, that's what, what they're... So refer- Fallout 4 has that thing. They're like, referencing right. that film. Right, the film good. has... Uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy from Miami Voice. The TV show, the original. Oh, yeah. Don, Don Johnson. Don Johnson. Uh, he's Ron it. Swanson. <laughs> yeah. But he's got like a... He's, I would have said he's the guy from... He's got uh, a telepathic link with the Not dog. from Miami Vice. He was the guy from... Him and Cheech had that show. What was that show? What? Uh, Nash Bridges. I was always be like... Oh, yeah. That's the guy from Nash Bridges. Yeah. Don Johnson. It's weird that you said Miami Vice. I was like... No, Nash yeah, Bridges. I don't know why I went with Miami Vice. He's 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 way more known for that, but yeah, I associate but, but him with I, Nash but Bridges. He'd be more Nash Bridges for us because that was on yeah. when we were. But um, it was like what happened after Miami Vice. <laughs> yeah, but the he's, midlife crisis. But he's got a telepathic link with the dog in it, and it's really dark humor. Right. But, I, I see. I see when he was describing that hole in the sky thing to Mila Kunis that he uses the phrase uh, "we when we came out." everything yes, was gone that was it so I was thinking like when we came out of where is it like an underground bunker were you in is it a fallout situation were you were, were you in you know uh, uh, some kind of un- massive deep luxury, underground military base or bunker did or you know the shit was happening was it like you know a personal when we came out it's a very strange phrase right maybe that's where all the black people are that they've got their fucking underground like the Marlocks <laughs> yeah well I was thinking more they've got this like safe haven bunker yeah, where they're yeah. all living like a luxurious life yeah and he was like I just need to bring this book maybe they're all like staying away from white people <laughs> they're like I know what it was like before yeah. before the nukes went off we're staying that's the, down here that's the evolution of Black Lives Matter is that they stop protesting and start building underground deep underground military bases <laughs> and let white people wipe themselves like, yeah. out <laughs> and let we'll come out let these crazy crackers kill themselves it's a really nice premise and the fact that Gary Oldman's character needs the Bible to be able to control the people. It's totally overt. There's no, like, Joel Osteen or there's no, you know, this kind of, yeah. like, benevolent preacher. He's not coming in and going, well, Jesus loves you, do you know? But do you think, like, his plan, do you think it's actually a good plan to get the, or is he I just think totally, mental? I think it t- totally could work. But sure, look at what they do with... Uh, oh, I know, but do you think he's capable of actually using the Bible... Like, I know the Bible can definitely be used as a weapon, but I think his character in it, he's too fixated on just getting it. Like, I'm not sure what he's going to do with it. I think he's just crazy. I think that he would have known what to do with it. That he was able to... He knows how to manipulate people because he was able to manipulate uh, Solara by, you know, hurting the mother. Yeah, yeah. So the mother was blind and was obviously like a sex slave or like an, an indoctrinated wife yeah, to this guy. Yeah, yeah. Carnegie. Probably one of many, like... Yeah, and... He was able to, like, trick Sina- uh, uh, Solara out. Oh, yeah, her name is Solara. Like, solar, like the sun. Because oh, the sun yeah. destroyed the planet. That's a bit weird. I just got, yeah, got I that Yeah, I didn't now. even get that. Uh, so the Ma was blind from birth. But, like, he was able to manipulate that one into doing it. He was able to manipulate his road gangs into, like, going out and getting these books. And they loved him. They loved him. Yeah, yeah. They're like, I do this for you, boss. The guy, the head of the gang that I thought was Flea from the Chili Peppers looks like kind of yeah doesn't he actually he's, I thought it was I thought it was Flea for a while he's his not, name, uh, I his didn't name even, is actually Evan Jones I didn't even check I just thought it was because Flea pops up in a few yeah things. I was like hey it's Flea and then I was like no actually the chin is a bit let's, who is he Evan Jones but um, 
the fact that he's able to manipulate those people like he looks a lot like him those guys are like I love you like Carnegie and he's like okay go down and drink as much as you can and get all the pussy you want because I'm running a whorehouse in an abandoned (laughs) city and they do it because they're getting you know he he seems like a good leader in that way that he's able to manipulate people but it's a very militant kind of a place like it looks a bit like Tatooine or whatever on the outside people yeah, are all yeah, outside yeah. with like small babies in doorways and the babies are screaming and people are asleep and it's you know but if there's even a hope that you get a glass of water a day it's the best place in the world there you go so I mean it, it, he already had that control but what he needed to do was make sure that people were placate and that they were peaceful and that they were able to distract themselves with stuff other than life being religion yeah which is has been the opiate of the masses and the, the the placation of the poor and hungry where they're like well i'm hungry and i'm poor and i'm dying but at least i'm going to heaven lads <laughs> you know it's always been yeah, like that throughout yeah. history where they take poor and and uh disin disin disengendered people and they were like oh yeah these guys are like fucked up drawn out but they have their religion, yeah, so they're happy. Yeah. And and because of the war, there was no religion because they knew that's probably what started the war. It's alluded to. Uh, it could be like, you know, the Western world versus Muslims or whatever way they're kind of running that narrative. Yeah, yeah. And Carnegie wanted to reinstate religion because he knew how powerful it was in controlling people because he lived through a time of control. Yeah, yeah. He was the oldest guy to know where the water was and that if you tell somebody to be good because they'll go to heaven like sky cake you know the Patton Oswald bit yeah yeah where he's like you know uh, everybody's like I'm having rape for dinner <laughs> the biggest guy in the village is just yeah. like you know the biggest strongest guy he would just fuck eat and and take whatever he wanted be the, the mountain in Game of Thrones just the mountain but if you could convince that guy the smart guys the weak guys got together and said look if we can convince that guy that if he doesn't like rape us or our wives and he doesn't like take our food after we gather it um, that if he doesn't do that that he'll get to go to a special place where he gets all the stuff that he wants yeah like he'll stop doing that stuff and then they go over and go hey do you like cake he's like yeah I like cake it's like well if you don't rape us or take our food when you die you go to a place and you have all the cake you want um okay like it's a really simplified version of it, but, yeah. but genius in a way right yeah talking yourself out of rape by offering cake yeah I, I you know I, I eat all the cake I want and I haven't raped anyone yet <laughs> oh, that's why I carry cake around with me just in case <laughs> I'm confronted with in your in your booger bag yeah. but it's just like that. he knows that that's a thing he knows that it's an opiate of the masses he knows it's like a, a placation yeah. of, of of people who are on a on a they're they're starving. They're in a famine here. They're fucking out in the streets, starving for not just food but clean water. Like they're fucked yeah. up. Yeah, and I guess he's got the advantage of having shown them to this lake or lake the the spring and being yeah. able to offer them water. And he, he has then it, it, like you know elevated himself to the level of leader, and they trust him yeah. because they're like, but he can well, also, you've saved all our lives. He can also elevate himself to the level of prophet because he can say it was this book that led me to yes. this spring. Yes, that's the thing. I heard it, a voice. What did the voice say? The voice was God, and it said this. And uh, oh, okay, so we all have water because of this voice. Yes, and the voice also says, "Do this in memory of me." Yeah, yeah. Do you know the thing? The speech that he gives to to. Denzel in the streets when he's going like I have the message I have the want to help my people but I don't have the words yeah, the book yeah. has the words and they're proven to work 
Yeah. So yeah. I want the book to get the words, you know. When he opens it at the end and it's all braille, I'm fucking like, ah, it's such raging. a great, such a good like. And that's that's where you're like, wait, is is that cell blind? Because you're just because he's it's taken so long to open it. You're like, oh my god, you're just waiting for yeah. it, and it's it's such a great way to tease just before the reveal. Yeah. The thing that I couldn't get o- over was that he remembered it word for word. But if you read the book 30, 30 every yeah. day for 30 years. Well, that's... But the whole Bible is fucking massive. And how do you remember, like, Ezekiel, Begash, Jacob, Begash, Bethlehem, Begash, Abraham, Begash. Like, how do you remember all of them in order perfectly? I don't... I don't see how you can recite... Because, like, the smallest... The the most condensed version of the Bible is still 800,000 words. That's the condensed version. Yeah. Um, that's too that's too many to remember but like you know you remember the, the big ones but then people we, we actually talked about this on our Fahrenheit 451 episode which actually Book of Eli almost plays like it could be a sequel to that are you familiar with Fahrenheit no. 451 it's like a it's kind of like 1984 but set in a world where books have been outlawed I'm watching it today is it a movie there's a movie made of it the movie is not very good no. the book I've got the book it's not it's not big I'd watch a shit movie Okay, good. It, yeah, it's good. really good. And there's this uh, firemen in this world are given the task of going around and burning books they found. And ah. this guy that works for them, he he starts keeping a few books when they find them and mm. starts getting some knowledge. Now that you're going to watch it, I don't want to give away the ending to it. Uh, I'm okay. Okay. For the listener. Yeah, it turns out there's this group hiding hiding in the woods and what they've been doing, they've been memorizing books so to keep the knowledge. And the main character in Fahrenheit has actually it's the Bible he memorized, right. or actually it's a book of it. He he met I think whatever the book of Ezekiel or whatever. Yeah. I'm bad at religion, <laughs> but yeah. So like there's mention that there's say there, there's a village in fucking I don't know somewhere in Connecticut. Idaho or yeah Idaho, yeah. and that village is say the Catcher in the Rye, where everybody, somebody in each house has memorized a chapter. So the written, the written word doesn't exist, but there's this entire network of people who've memorized stuff. But in and in the end of that, the, there's a war, and it seems like actually Book of Eli could be like this sort of kind of sequel, a parallel sequel. I want to watch of Eli. that Fahrenheit four That sounds yeah. Great. It's, the film's just not very good. It's very. I don't know what it's. It's not bad. Like, yeah. um, it is an audiobook as well. You can listen to an audio. I listen to the audiobook then. Cool. Yeah, that's my that's my audible purchase this yeah. month. I have I, I I put my audible on a break for uh, three months because I wasn't able to keep up with the the workload of those yeah. conspiracy guys and then enjoy audible podcasts. I listen to the Necronomicon and I listen to a few uh, kind of like business business audiobooks I bought. For yeah, ones I can. You know, how to make your business shine or whatever. <laughs> and if you want to join Audible, you can go to audibletrial.com forward slash disaster artists. And you can yeah. you can start a trial? Yeah, yeah, you can start cool, a trial. Man. Get a free audiobook. You can get Fahrenheit 451. I forgot why I brought up Fahrenheit, though. What were we Because talking? the books... Oh, the memorizing. Them. Yeah, yeah. So he memorized the whole Bible. And then it was the King James version. But then from then on, would it not be the King... The, the, the Eli version? Yeah, I guess it'd be the book. Would it just be called... Would they know it was the book of Eli? That makes it sound like he wrote the thing completely. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird, right? Like loads of people know about the Bible. Like the old dudes, like knew all about it. Like Malcolm McDowell, he knew. Yo, Jesus, this is important. We haven't got a Bible yet. I love that when he's like, uh, "What sort of a condition is it in?" And he's like, oh, "What presentable or something?" And he goes, 
it's pretty bashed up <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, it's, it's good true. it's good like but I think you could memorise it in a way because like think of how many songs have you memorised like just oh, yeah, I suppose like because I bet you even now I used to be able to recite the whole of Forest Comp start to finish what yeah I watched <laughs> it so many times that I was able to like I could imagine it I could do that with actually and the bus pulls away those must be comfortable shoes I bet you could walk all day in a pair of shoes like that and not feel a thing. My feet hurt. Uh, I bet if I think about it real hard, I can remember my first pair of shoes. Mama said they'd take me anywhere. Now, Forrest! Oh, my God. Your son's legs are strong, Miss Gump, strong as I've ever seen. I've seen the movie. But the child's back is as crooked as a politician. <laughs> and it just goes on from there. That's like. fucking... Just the fact that you like remember the first lines yeah. that are so like irrelevant, really. Yeah. Not relevant to the film. I used to love doing the, the shrimp fucking bit. Hell. I can remember. <laughs> I can remember. Uh, I used you ever been on a real shrimp boat? No, but I've been on a real big boat. No, I mean the shrimp catching boat. <laughs> and they're in the army, and they're doing the other the toothbrush thing on the ground. It's yeah, like, yeah. You can make all kinds of shrimp. You can make ball shrimp, bra shrimp, baked shrimp, sauteed shrimp. You got shrimp kebab, shrimp creole, shrimp gumbo, pan fried, deep fried, stir fried. You got pineapple shrimp, lemon shrimp, coconut shrimp, shrimp soup, shrimp stew, shrimp sandwich, shrimp and potatoes. Mm, That's about it. So we got Forrest Gump covered for the apocalypse. You've remembered Forrest Gump. So that's not going to be lost. Yeah, yeah, I can totally do the whole thing you just sock puppets and we're, we're done wow I, I'm so impressed by that I used to be yeah I used to memorise all those things listen to them on tape and stuff walking around but then what are you, why do you question the because uh, it's the line? bible man it's a fucking massive I know book, but, like. but think it like yeah if you're reading it every day maybe and his character like look at his determination I know there's, there's lads like there's guys that are able to in a conversation be able to like contextualise chapter and verse and someone will go, yeah, well, I think blah, blah, blah about alcohol. Well, in, you know, uh, Jacob, chapter yeah, 9, exactly, verse yeah. 21, the Lord says, That's thou shalt it. drink from the other side of the glass seven sips and thou shalt <laughs> not pick up anymore. Or whatever, do you know, like, yeah, it just seems... It, to me, I just go, mm, that's I know, an unbelievable no, thing. It's mental, but, yeah, people kind of do it when they have... Now, a lot of those people, they only go... They, they have specific ideas and they go through the bible and look for things and memorize just the certain things that apply to them yeah. but they still memorize them like i used to be almost able to read the raven off by heart oh wow yeah but i tried to but do- never more right but never more yeah <laughs> we when we were doing the fahrenheit episode i tried to and i just i got to like the fourth verse and i just had no idea yeah or dante's inferno or some shit people like learn that shit off you know yeah I was thinking I might be able to do Art of War. That's not too big of a book. Sun Tzu. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's not huge. Are we talking about Fahrenheit 451-ing a book each? Yeah, well, just if you could. Yeah, I suppose I could do it. We do, like, a Huckleberry Finn or some shit. I'd have to do one that's, like, that's Fun. important. Yeah, well, that's what Art of War would be a bit pretty good Yeah, one. yeah. You could be the Sun Tzu guy. Yeah. Sun Tzu Johnny. <laughs> Hey, you Sensu Johnny, everybody. Oh, I'm hoping that takes off. That'll be a great nickname. Um, but like, yeah, so you'd, you'd do like Huckleberry Finn or something? Uh, no, I, I, that was just the first one that oh, came okay. to my head. Um, I, no, I think, I, I, like, the unbelievable part of that is that he remembered it all word for word and that from now on, the mistake that he made 
in writing that book. Like, obviously, Malcolm McDowell took it all down. He was dying, so he was wearing the white robes, and that was his spirit leaving his body. It felt like the last yeah, catharsis yeah, yeah. of a dying man. That was his mission, and it was complete. And as soon as the last words were out of his mouth, uh, it's not really a, a great way to go now. If you're reciting the Bible, and just before you die, you have to go through the whole book of Revelations. Yeah, yeah. That's like, oh, shit, that's a real salty ending. You know? But, like, he got to the end, and then he's like... And he dies, and the book gets put on the shelf. Yeah. And if Malcolm McDowell dies, and Mila Kunis is not there to go, so who wrote this book? Like, there's no context to the fact that a lad turned up and just said that that what it was, you know? Like, I'm from hundreds of years hence, that book would be from that one dude's memory. Like, yeah. if he made a few mistakes or said this was this, think about the pedantry that goes on about the the chapter and verse in the Bible now. Where they say like, oh, they say you're not supposed if a man lies with another man, but they say that like, so the Bible says the gays are not a, a, not cool in the eyes of God, but it also says that you're not supposed to eat shrimp and shit. Yeah, yeah. Like more times than it's not supposed to fuck a man up the arse, right? Yeah, I think there's uh, one mention of the yeah sleeping with men, and there's like, isn't there like 19 against having tattoos? Yeah, yeah all the Christians that have their rosary beads this and hate this, gay people. Th- this is this <laughs> stuff. So like, uh, uh, you're saying the interpretation of the minutia of a holy book that's supposed to be the word of God can very easily be misinterpreted if it's been translated from a vocal source or an audible source. Like, that's... To me, I'm going like, oh, that's going to cause so much hassle later. Like, that's that's maybe what could have happened 900 years ago where all the books were burned in some weird, like, Dark Ages war. And it was, like, one lad, he's like, I read that book and he came up with the stuff because he just had a personal thing about gay people and he threw it in there. Yeah, yeah, or he said like, "Oh yeah, you know, uh, you know." Well, like if I if it's I, a doctrine, like he, it's from yeah. some some guy's personal prejudice, maybe. Do you know it's weird? Like maybe Gutenberg, when he was printing the Bibles, put in a bit about like some weird niche that he was into. Yeah, well, who I, knows? Like, and like let's say like Denzel's character, he considering what he's just gone through, where there's been this guy who wanted it specifically for a weapon, referred to it as that. There's no way when he was. Reciting it, to Recite- the, he 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 nullified all those weaponized yeah. parts. Maybe that like he left would. out the parts that were like he just had the whole thing of you know love thy neighbor and yeah. treat like like when they're driving along in the car and your one is like oh what do you you know what's the book about and he's just dying of a gunshot wound. He's like well basically it's about like treat others as you would like like to be treated yourself. But the way he says it, he says uh, do do twice as much for other people as you do for yourself. That was his interpretation okay. of the whole Bible. Succinctly, so in one sentence, to a girl who he'd only recently met who's illiterate. Yeah. So he's like, do twice as much for other people as you do for yourself. Now, that's not what... That's not a distillation of the Christian... No, no, I've never really heard... Yeah, yeah. Like, do, do unto others... As, as you as would as do would, on... As you would have them do unto you. Yeah, yeah. So that's like... Just be sound. But yeah. don't, like, do twice as much onto them as you want them to do onto you. Yeah, yeah. That He's just doubled the gambit there. Yeah, like, he doubled down for some reason. Doubled down Christianity. So from then on, that was the thing, that everyone was yeah. doing twice as much for everyone else. But because, like, people who, who claim to follow the Bible don't tend to, like, that's not a bad way because... Just double everything. Double everything, and they'll still only do half of it. Yes, love it. That's what we should do. <laughs> Cause but I, then I you'd even, have like if you doubled all the holy books, then you'd have all the Muslims like double killing loads of people and 
That's all true. Jews would be like a double not eating on a Saturday and a Sunday. So you'd have to add, They'd have to but like, don't be a dick about it to the see, end of every. That's subjective, though. Yeah. If you're talking about circumcision, hey, circumcise your kids, <laughs> but don't be a dick about it. Yeah, well, then you just you'd have to leave circumcision out completely, and then yeah. you're really editing it. You might as well not be memorizing it. But that's the thing; it's all from Eli's point of view. That's the thing that I couldn't that wouldn't sit in my mind as easy. Like at the end of the film, I was like. Is this motherfucker just going to dictate the Bible? But the other side of it, like, obviously... And then, as Eli... Sorry to interrupt you. As yeah. Eli is dictating it, Malcolm McDowell's character is writing it down. So what happens if he goes, oh, that doesn't sound right, and he just writes it down. But Eli is blind, so he can't see him writing in the wrong words. So really, it's Malcolm McDowell is doing... Like, the integrity of all the people who that information passes through is in question. And it always has been, I guess, with the yeah. Bible. So the Gutenberg printing it or, you know, when it was written in 100 AD, 70 years after yeah. supposedly Jesus was alive. <laughs> like all of this stuff, it's all, you're all, you're all hoping the integrity of the people passed on the message is pure. But which, yeah. But like you said, that's always going to be the case. The only thing is with, with the way Malcolm McDowell's character, even though we don't get a, a whole lot of information mm. about him, he seems, whereas Eli's definitely like he, he's on a quest from God. Yes. Malcolm McDowell is just about this is just knowledge These he's are a just scientist important it book. seems like yeah, he's like yeah. I, I'm I'm an anthropologist yeah he doesn't care what the books are about yeah. like he wants to, like there's a cop there's he's a Pokemon catcher he's just like yeah. I gotta catch them all like there's a copy of Stephen King's It up yeah. on that wall with the bible like they're all they're just knowledge I don't know I guess It technically is knowledge it's not well it's like be afraid of weird clowns maybe yeah I suppose that's a life lesson well, yeah actually well there's loads of like friends it's like Stranger Things but yeah so you'd imagine he's going to at least write it down as it's dictated to him and he's probably like he's just has it there as a book yeah which if you were him would you if you were Malcolm McDowell and Eli shows up and he's got the bible would you be like eh, I think we can we could, this one can stay off the shelves. Well, the whole thing, like the premise of the movie is that like the war was fought because of this Bible. Yeah. And they burned all the copies of it so that there be, it wouldn't be another war. Like that's pretty telling as to yeah. the contents of the book and the power behind it. So to reactivate that power as Gary Oldman's character Carnegie wants to do, like he saw what it done to the world and how powerful the people got. You're looking at the Vatican, you're looking at yeah. the American government, you're looking at to some extent a Russian government like if you're taking yeah, on those conspiracy guys we did an episode on Jesus and we talked about like the origins of that Jesus and all the different holy books like the um, the Talmud and the, the 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 Quran and all of these different like holy texts that basically Di- have Dianetics. the same Dianetics yeah. indeed uh, have the same guy and that's the same journey with the same message which is like just be sound be nice yeah. to fucking people like you know if you're taking books like the the Quran and starting a war with them and then on the other side you have people with the Bible and starting a war with that like holy books objectively are really bad for wars right yeah yeah I think they're really bad for people because they'll get a like a belief structure and then they fight against someone who doesn't believe in the same thing they believe in I think you would find it almost impossible to find anyone that actually disagrees with that now at this point yeah. as well. How could you justify bringing bringing back that? that book? Like people that have a personal relationship with God, I have my own personal relationship with the universe or what other people call God. Like I know that I'm doing good stuff and putting energy out there. Yeah, yeah. I know that the universe is speaking to me and giving me signs and symbols. 
and putting stuff in front of me and, and presenting me with situations that I can say yes or no to. Yeah, if I yeah. say yes, it starts one chain reaction. If I say no, it starts another one in a different direction. Or maybe if I say no, the signs stop for a while because it's like, all right, well, you're obviously stuck on the thing you're stuck on right now, so I'll, I'll hold off. Um, Sometimes I believe I'm able to manifest stuff. Ha- like I, I imagine a thing happening because I'm like, okay, I'm ready for that. Ready, universe. And I would put that out there and then magically those things present themselves to me and mm, over the last try to. over the last six months I feel that that kind of stuff has started to happen that I'm going I'm putting it out there like look at the situation from six months ago to the situation yeah. now a lot of stuff is actualizing as well that's a subconscious kind of uh, it's, it's, marker yeah, to myself yeah. to go this is what you want work to get it so it's a confluence of both of those things it's not like fucking universe magic but it's a little bit of this and a is that, bit of that. In, in a way like just thinking of this psychology of that isn't that a little bit magic anyway? Yeah. That you can put that out there and then that'll make you go for it yeah. even more. So it, it's no, it's almost It's like, a transference of energy is yeah. what it is. But like if people are too busy worrying about where they're going to get water, they don't give a fuck about thinking about philosophy and spirituality. Yeah. But if you had a lovely book that has a lovely load of stories that's able to spoon feed you a philosophical epithet from a pre-written, pre-proven text why wouldn't you want to use that power to be able to go if you don't rob or steal anybody's shit or you don't rape anybody then you get to go to this magical place called heaven because this place is shitty but when you die the other place is great so in a world where death is obviously rampant it's able to calm those other people into going look okay everybody in your family died from dysentery from drinking dirty water but they're all in heaven now so don't be sad and keep working to make the stuff so that we yeah, can all yeah. eat. Like, don't get into a depression. Be happy. Get over it. And just fucking get on with life. Because they're all in heaven now. This kind of a way. Yeah. Like, you can see how how religion can be used as a control. And it's very powerful psychologically. And as as I, I quoted earlier on. Um, what's his name? The, Carnegie. Carnegie. Oh, sorry. Gary, o- guys. Gary yeah, Oldman's yeah, yeah. Um, uh, character. He said, the, the Bible, this book, is a weapon aimed at the hearts and minds of the weak and the desperate. Like, that is religion. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? And it has more influence on the minds of the weak and the desperate. And it's wielded, that power is wielded by the minds of the strong and the greedy. And that's that's my my own personal opinion. Not, like, to no, contravene yeah. Ireland's blasphemy law or anything. <laughs> but definitely the people who are in charge of religion are strong-willed. They are, you know, pointed in their dedication towards a certain goal and they they don't waver they they want what they want and they get what they want and they fuck everybody along the way if they need to and they don't listen to their own doctrine absolutely not so I mean I don't think Gary Oldman's character would be preaching peace and love and love your neighbours you love yourself but also pay me for water and I'm going to rape girls and sell them up for prostitutes and bait the shit out of a blind girl like start my own Vatican so it's it's kind of like I know it's not that deep. The movie's not that deep, but it's based on. Well, that's yeah. Based on that, I watched some um, interviews with Denzel Washington after the movie was released, and it was like his press junket or whatever for the film. Yeah, yeah. And he was saying that his fa- his father was a pastor, so oh, he went okay. to like morning mass, lunchtime mass, evening mass. He went to like vespers. He did like all the weekend masses. He did all the stuff right. And he was very holy in his family, but he didn't like it at the time. He was like, ah, oh, fuck this. Like, I don't want to be going to church all the time. But he was brought up in a very kind of Catholic way, or a very Christian, Christian way. Christian, yeah. 
And uh, when they were making the movie, originally they had taken all the religious connotations from the script. And then as they added them back in, they had Eli's character was very verbose. So in the original script, he was very verbose. Then they took them all out. And as they started adding them back in, they were adding in very poignant and uh, like specifically chosen chapters from the Bible and have him talk like, you know, in the... uh, when Mila Kunis's character wants to know when they're in the cave and she wants to know what's in the book and he goes yea so I walk through the valley of death I shall fear yeah. no hung bags yeah. <laughs> or whatever like she's going oh my god did you write that and he's like yeah she's like really he's like <laughs> no <laughs> yeah like I love that Denzel laugh or whatever and you're like oh that's cool you can have the crack yeah, as yeah. well but in in the script in the interview Denzel says like they had to cut loads of religious stuff out after putting it back in because test audiences were going oh no it's too fucking religious man yeah it got very religious and they had to take it out because it was going to overshadow the yeah yeah the story or whatever well that's actually it's funny because I, I did see stuff online on message boards where like there's a lot of atheists like where claim calling the propaganda and all this like and I, I wouldn't consider myself an atheist as such mm. but like I I don't consider the film like a religious film or no. anything in any way. Like I think I think it, I think of it as a kind of a, a an aggressive commentary on religion. Yeah, yeah, that they're like an evil man wants to use this book for evil again. Yeah, and there is like Eli's character's a good a good man coming from a good place, but yeah. he's the only person in it it's even aware of religion who, who's who's got that attitude towards it like all the other evidence suggests but it's not even religion he never says Jesus or anything he never says that's true he yeah, says yeah. Lord once yeah. when he's doing the um, we, the, the, the prayer yeah, before meals cold. like yeah, dear yeah. Lord bless his food bless his he never says Jesus Christ or personal mm. saviour and these uh, Christian trigger words or anything like that but when he is walking away from a bunch of guys who are going to shoot him in the back or when he is walking he says um, to Mila Kunis, he says, I walk by faith, by faith, let's pronounce it correctly. I walk by faith, not by sight. Which is yeah, kind of a clue yeah. to the fact that he's blind, but also it's explaining it to her, like, she says, how do you know where you're going? How long are you walking for? 30 years. How do you know where you're going? I walk by faith, not by sight. And then when they get into the cave, he explains that it's a voice telling them where to go or whatever. Yeah. And I think it's more about faith than it is about religion. And the fact that it's organized religion based on the writings of one book, mm. that that's that's silly. That's silly for a whole community, a whole civilization, to base their writings on one book, even if it's the fucking Constitution of America, even if it's like the Declaration of Independence, or if it's the Bible or the Koran or any of those books, to base your whole outlook on life on somebody else's writings it because you don't want to contemplate yeah. your own existence based on all the information that's put forward to you and you can't disseminate a, a life outlook or a life plan based on a, a bunch of writings that you have to subscribe to one and very specifically and particularly subscribe to it like follow the rules of the bible intimately and and explicitly like what the fuck is the point of that sure you're not even using your head then yeah yeah exactly. you're not even you're not even doing what you're being told to do in the bible which is like contemplate your life like Look at what you're doing and how you're doing it and try and do it better so that other people aren't fucked off by the way you're going on. Yeah, yeah. 
and that's what Eli does like he helps He even though he's not supposed to he still tries he has faith that these guys won't shoot him in the back and when he turns around to face the main henchman the baldy lad he turns around to face him and he takes off his glasses and he looks at your man in the eye and he goes I have faith that you won't shoot me like in his eyes yeah, you can yeah, see yeah. and he doesn't actually say anything he just looks at him and goes I let you take three shots of me and you missed now I'm facing you and I can shoot you but I'm not going to don't shoot me and your man just puts the gun down yeah and he turns around and he walks the fuck out of there like that's faith yeah, it's not religion yeah yeah it's faith do you know I have yeah. faith in the universe I had a guy call to my door first thing this morning and he goes do you think it's important that people read the bible and I went what are you selling and he's like nothing I went cool I do think it's important but I don't want to talk about it at the door but I don't want to say no to you because that's a really negative vibe and you're trying to go out and spread good cheer. I don't want you to go to the next house and be feeling like an arsehole. So you're doing a good thing. Maybe not in the right right street, yeah. <laughs> but you're doing a good thing. Maybe do it on the internet where people can come and find you rather than inflicting yourself yeah. on other people. Like, awesome, awesome job. I'm not into Jesus or anything, but like, I have faith. So go with God. God bless. So you're God bless. And uh, see you next time. And he's like, thanks, man. Because obviously he'd had people go, fuck oh, off, yeah, it's yeah. Saturday morning. Get the fuck away from me, you know. So, but, but based on that, if you're Malcolm McDowell, you so you probably would, you, you would put that book on the shelf then, wouldn't you? Well, I mean, it's, it's a record. It's a yeah. record of human history. And that's a massive part of yeah, yeah. humanity. See, like, I feel like it should. But I think if I was in the position, I wouldn't. Even though I'd know I'm, I would know I'm wrong. I would know that you I, know if I'm keeping knowledge. If I want every book here, this book it has to have a place here. I love this joke in Futurama that they have, and it's just a tiny little aside that Morbo says uh, in the news, and it was like Morbo here. Uh, uh, for, <laughs> I can't do the voice because I cough, but he just basically goes like, "A, a page was found today." Uh, and it was like the first page of the Bible. Right. I can't remember this. Thing. And it says on it, uh, any characters depicted in this work do not represent anyone living or dead. Yeah. yeah. Please do not take this as a work, uh, as a yeah, factual, yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, any similarities had, are completely coincidental. Exactly. It had that on the front of it. And he's like, this is apparently the first page of the Bible or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. And if that was in the front of the book that Malcolm McDowell wrote from Eli, it's like, this is a book that a fella told us. And he came with a shotgun, shot, or a handgun shot to the belly. He was fucked up, drawn out. He's blind, and he travelled for thirty years with a book in bread. Like if he told this succinct story and said, and he told us this, and this is apparently what the Bible was, and these are the yeah. stories that people made all these wars over. Like as a as an anthropological uh, um, artifact. It's totally invaluable. Just like when we talked about, uh, on, on those conspiracy guys, when we talked about uh, Nibiru and Zechariah Sitchin, he finds all these tablets in the ground in ancient Mesopotamia and, and Sumer, uh, which is in the, the Fertile Crescent or whatever, um, in, in the Middle East. And it's the cradle of society. And Nibiru is planet X, and they populated our planet with alien species long story not going into it but he found a load of tablets in the ground that were written in an ancient language called cuneiform which is done by uh, holding a pointed stick into wet clay and making these like triangular type shapes you know mm. and it had all sorts of like medicine astrology 
uh, no, it's medicine, astronomy, um, history, like all of these different inexplicably complicated and advanced um, theories and histories and writings, all in this ancient, ancient, ancient language. And he read them, told them, told the world what they said, and they went, yeah, 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 whatever. But still, it's important to have those things and have that story, which he wrote in a series of 12 books over 20 years. Uh, but to have it there, and now we look back at that, and he found that, started to find that in the 70s, we look back at that and go, what a lot of wank. <laughs> but like 8,000 years ago, yeah, civilizations could have risen and fallen with the faith behind what was written on those tablets or what was felt at the time to be the faith of, oh, there are men from space who come down in silver balloons and bring us fucking, you know, the gifts of science and knowledge. And the crowd across the river were like, no, fuck you. They brought us the gifts of science and knowledge. We have better gifts than you do. And then they have a big fight and they fuck each other up. Yeah. Like, who knows what happened then? Yeah, and I guess... And if you have a, a, a... a written account of it in a Bible form in, in a thousand years time people are going to laugh at this shit like yeah well I guess and that's why you would need to keep the Bible because you don't know that there's not another library who have a copy of the Quran mm-hmm. and they're following that and there could be another library who have all this fucking Greek mythology and you get into library wars and like... <laughs> yeah. so like because that's it like there's always a chance like if fucking Carnegie wants to use the Bible, is there only other, some other warlord somewhere? Using the, using the Koran. Yeah, or even like in Fury Road where the guy... Have you seen Fury Road? Not yet. It's the last Mad Max film, but the guy in that, he's repurposed all this old Viking mythology to get Love it. the soldiers behind him. So there's this whole thing that if you die on the road, on Fury Road, you go to Valhalla. Like it's the most honourable death and all this. And that's why everybody... Tries well, to die in battle. Yeah, yeah. But if you're told that's a thing and you've no reason to doubt it and you trust the person that tells you, sure, why wouldn't you? Oh, uh, yeah. And, and... And you know um, what? He fucking controls the water in Fury Road as well. It's there just, you go. In the future, it's water will be the key. It won't water be fucking oil. oil. Yeah. It's, it, it is it's a, bit, it's a bit harsh. The one thing we didn't talk about about Duke of Eli, and we probably should get to it quickly, is cannibalism. I was just about to say that fucking... The first sort of mention of it, I think is when they ask to see Eli's hands yeah when he ro- when he rocks into the shop with Tom Waits and your man goes show me your hands and he ha- holds them out and they're not shaking he's like oh, okay you're cool and that's the first you only learn later isn't it what the shakes is yes yeah but it's a thing of like I trust you because you're not going to eat me yeah but like well you haven't lost that last piece of humanity yet so yeah or is it the fact that cannibals will do anything for their fix yeah, maybe it is. The, like I went and I looked up like cannibalism and it's and it's you know it's, it's symptoms and side effects. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one of them is that it it's addictive. Apparently, yeah, psychologically well, addictive. Yeah. So you plan doing it in a kind of a murder sense, and then when it's completed and you eat the the food, not only when you eat you release dopamine anyway for normal food. Yeah, yeah. But if you've done this and you get that sweet sweet. You know, but I think it's, the, it's the taboo of it. It's the same reason fucking sex offenders all, all typically reoffend. Yeah, because of, ooh, yeah. they get a, they get a chemical rush in the brain of success. So I mean, if you're going to do that and you get the kuru yeah, from the from, eating, from eating people's brains, 
yeah, you're going to fucking do anything. Yeah. Like when in the final in the final scenes when Eli and uh, Solara are in that old couple's house and they ring the doorbell and the thing comes out from under them at the front door and they go into a, into a pit and you know that oh, that yeah. pit has yeah. been filled with people <laughs> that those two old people have eaten. You played Fallout Three, yeah. Yeah. It's not very like remember the. In Fallout 3 at one point you come across this fa- there's this little village and there's just two families yes. living in it across the road yeah, yeah. and they're kind of it's very like the 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 real the real old fashioned Americano of yeah them and all. like uh, the the um, the Beverly Hillbillies like kind of thing yeah like, yeah yeah, yeah. Us. it's very like that but anyway sorry go on uh, it seems that like when they went out in the backyard and seen all the graves and they're just like okay we gotta go okay we gotta yeah. go now quick okay go like it seemed that those two old people would do anything to get to eat those. People, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know? Um, so have, maybe cannibalism is the new kind of racism. It's like the ghouls in Fallout, or it's like, you know, oh, these guys, we have, if you're if you're shaken, you're untrustworthy. Yeah, yeah. Because you will do anything to get your fix. I think, yeah, like that's definitely a possibility. But I think there was a prejudice against the cannibals. Yeah, and but even. And yet, not against the road gangs who were. <laughs> Killing and raping Rip, yeah. people, yeah. But I think, because I think the difference being, it is seen as if you eat somebody, it's kind of like the ultimate disconnect yeah. from humanity. So yeah. I think either way, there's always going to be a bit of that, like a cannibal, like I, a cannibal's far worse than most things, surely. But what happens, like, if you're given the meat and you're not told it's human, but you just eat it because it's meat? You'd probably still get the kuru. Yeah, but, that's the thing. Um, I think I looked up kuru, and I think you only get kuru from the. Um, there's a protozoa in the brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a parasite that it's and it's only from eating eating brain. It's caused by prions, which have infectious brain proteins. Uh, but like modern humanity, even now, like you and me could eat fucking brains all week, and we wouldn't get the kuru. Yeah, because we have a genetic defense against it already. Uh, but some tribes in in Papua certain New Guinea, yeah, yeah. They, they don't have that because they haven't had as wide a genetic base to come exactly, from. Exactly, you know? yeah. And even there, like, because it was an epidemic in the 60s, but it was probably, they traced it back to, like, a patient zero yeah. who got it somewhere. He didn't get it from, from eating, eating somebody's bad brains. Yeah, well, originally he had to get get somewhere else. Yeah. And then it was, when he died, it was the endo, what's the endo cannibalism, when the families eat the dead, dead relatives yeah. yeah and it was they contracted it from him right and, and when they on, died yeah. so it was like 30 40 years before it actually showed up but he originally the patient zero he didn't con- contract it from eating somebody he what had, did he get it from yeah i don't i don't know they Fucking don't know. a monkey that seems to be where it all starts yeah it? just don't fuck monkeys man uh, i also looked up that and i didn't know this that how how rife cannibalism was in wartime europe and russia yeah Apparently, they'd eat the shit out of each other over there. And Japan, too. Japan as well, but not to an extent. Not to, not to the, same uh, extent, the same extent. But, but in Europe and Russia, the kind of thing was, like, if you didn't eat someone in your family, you didn't survive. Yeah. That is scary to it's think really of. Horrifying. That less than 100 years ago, people had to eat other people to survive. That's an apocalypse. It's Already, horrible. like. It's horrible. Have you heard of the Donner Party? Yes. Have That's you, like, alive, right? No, that's the the football or rugby team in the seventies is alive. They're, that's the plane crash in the Alps or the yeah. Andes. No, the Donner, the Donner Party ate each other, though, right? They did eat each other. Yeah, yeah. They, but they were that was it was been the old west. 
Oh, right. we actually done an episode about it. Is it like the Packer? Uh, what's his name? Alfred Packer. Alfred Packer. Yeah. C- kind of, actually, yeah. Loads of people always confused it. I love that movie. That's uh, the Trey Packer and Matt Stone. <laughs> the the Cannibal. Cannibal the Musical. Yeah, I love that shit. It'd been, I think, did have been before him. But it was a, it, there were, it was fucking, essentially it was this big, huge wagon train that set off to California, essentially. But they got they got trapped because they took this ridiculous route. But anyway, it was like a huge. Loads of them were to eat cannibalism. Wow, it's a horrifying story. Start I, with the kids and fat people, right? Uh, I don't. They were so starved. I don't think there was any fat people. Oh. There would have been kids though. But no, the reason I mentioned it, there was this one guy in like they had they were trapped for the long haul for like three months during the winter in these in the mountains, and so they had built they had to like build fucking camps, build cabins essentially. They were fucking living there. Uh, one of the guys, James Reed was his name. He was the leader of one of the leaders anyway he was exiled for killing the guy mm. he ended up being the one who fucking formed a rescue party and got them back in the end that's that's what they heard the Donner Party was a, rec- uh, a rescue party no the Donner Party is the crowd that ate right. yeah yeah but anyway when Reed came, when the rescue parties actually found them there was this one old guy who was fucking delirious he was gone mad yeah when they searched his cabin they actually found like buffalo steak that he hadn't touched but he had he'd eaten like six people he'd even the rescue party they had to bring people in like bring them back and then come and get the rest of them when they the last sort of time they left there was like six of them left there and when they came back he was the only one alive and they were like those people were fucking healthy they didn't die of natural causes this fucker killed them knowing that the rescue party was coming back for him so he had just gone he had like what you would describe he had just been turned like he was fucking addicted to it or whatever but he was eating and he had still buffalo steak to eat and he didn't eat it no he, he just went with the people at that point and what did the other like when there's six of them left and he kills one and then goes oh uh, uh, he died will we eat him yeah I don't actually know the, like the how much of the other five people ate the, like the, when there was three people left and the other three guys had been eaten well it might have and those been those people were like because mm, he's keeping the last guy's fat from feeding the yeah. other guys I think it might have been a case that actually I think when they came back there was still three alive and maybe three had died or whatever I'm yeah. not sure on the numbers yeah. I know that Still there was no. people they left him with that yeah. were dead when they came back there was loads of those kind of stories where there was like five people out at sea and then one person was sick and they're like fuck it let's just eat him like yeah, yeah. There, there was the Donner Party was a huge thing there was even this group that went off to look for help and they turned completely independently of the group was at camp they turned to cannibalism as well yeah it's one of the most depressing we had done an episode about it it's probably it's I haven't listened to that one yet. It's re- it's it's actually not a bad episode because it's a good like All right, I'm gonna check history out sort of lesson. But that's kind of the world in Book of Eli where everybody's living like that. Yeah. It's terrifying. For like when at the start when Eli comes out of that bridge and your mom is like, Can you help me? And the guys come out from behind, he's like, Ah, I smell I smell you hijackers from from yeah. a mile away. And they come out and they're all like empty out your bag and then your mom is like they're going to kill you and eat you yeah, or whatever yeah. I mean if you're stopping people on the road and then fucking eating them like that's you, you've gone like you've gone beyond like that's inhuman right yeah definitely or maybe it's Especially, ultra human well, we know maybe it's like if you can't defend yourself the food chain has just got another notch and humanity has been split into people who can eat people and people who can't defend themselves against people who want to eat them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but t- even forgetting about Kuru or Prime disease even, 
there is other stuff you you'd get from eating a human because like well they say like ritually ground uh, skull and blood were used like like ritually as as like beneficial yeah, yeah. medicinal treatments blood you would drink to cure epilepsy and a headache is cured from eating powdered skull really jeez i get migraines that's when Something you eat powdered skull no just in general i, I should oh. look into eating powdered, powdered skull, skull. the skull of what though you see yeah. Powdered human skull, apparently. But you see, with any animal, typically, if they eat their own species, it leads... Like, that's why mad cow disease exists. Yeah. Uh, chickens, if chickens eat chicken, they get sick. So it would make sense that we would... What happens if, like, seagulls suffer. eat chicken? Because I've seen a seagull pull no, a chicken that... sandwich out of somebody's hand on, on Dublin streets. I think they just like that shit, don't they? Yeah, seagulls are very aggressive in Ireland. They've gotten... We, we, this keeps coming up on the podcast. They've gotten really aggressive. Really they? aggressive. Keeps taking people's phones and shit are they taking people's phones only girls phones people were wondering for it was only girls that it was happening to why because a lot of girls will have a pink cover the seagull thinks it's fucking flesh or something it <gasps> thinks it's a chicken oh my god and then they fucking take the phone yeah I th- there's only do you know what it is right there's monkeys in like Sri Lanka are are in I thought you were going to suggest Thailand monkeys or something dressed somewhere. up as seagulls. No. <laughs> Conspiracy. No, if there's monkeys in Sri Lanka or China or Thailand or somewhere, right, where they will steal money and they know what money is. They will Shit, steal mate. money from a purse. So you have your bag hanging off the back <laughs> of your chair in a cafe and a monkey be like, and he opens the purse, takes out like, you know, a thousand baht or whatever on the on the the, yeah. the thing goes over to the fucking vending machine, oh, puts right. the money in, and presses the buttons, and food comes out. So he knows that if I get money and put it into this thing, I get food. It's a very advanced version of the tip the button get a treat. Yeah, yeah. But this motherfucker can do all of those like complicated oh, things just from so observing. It's only a matter of time before seagulls will be trained to be able to rob mobile phones. Order a Domino's. <laughs> That's too far. Rob a mobile phone and bring it to somebody who'll give them food for it. Oh my God, you're fucking right. So if you had a seagull that was able to fly along Dublin streets and pull like a phone that has like a cupcake case and he's like, ah, cupcake, and dive bomb, take the phone and then fly to like deco up the road some guy in a tracksuit is all like Wah, get me the phone they make the same noises wow. seagulls and that Wah. Ah, come here Wah. oh my god oh. so they rob the phone bring the phone to the knacker and the knacker is like here's a bread roll because like a f- the seagull doesn't know that like the phone is worth a couple of hundred bucks yeah. and then your man's able to sell the phone and he's completely innocent of the crime you're actually like that's not out of the realm of possibility at all they're training pigeons they to use... fly for years yeah. to fly off and then fly back if you can get a really smart seagull to learn how to steal phones you're, yeah. you're fucking you're like king of the seagulls man I saw a thing like where there was some guy in Florida who was, who was selling pot using his cat like where the cat would go to the house yeah because how he essentially trained the cat first what he'd do he'd start bringing the cat over when he was dropping it off himself and people would feed feed, feed the cat love it and, you know cats go wherever to get food yeah so he would just train them to it, it would hit every house whenever he was he'd attach a weed to it and it would just go around I can't remember the intricacies that of is, it that is pretty clever but yeah, I think um, Book of Eli is uh, one of the one of the better apocalypse movies. It's clean. It's a clean story. 
Yeah. And there's no messing and there's no like, you know. Do you know what? Actually, I didn't mention the only thing I really, other than her performance being wooden, I really fucking dislike the Sky Replacement. Like all those. Yeah, it was very HDR. Uh, even at the time, I remember seeing the trailer, and that was what kind of turned me off straight away. Where I was like, "Ooh, that! The, why are the clouds moving so fast? It, look, it really looks just weird." And yeah, but fun. I think that was maybe like to to unsettle you because I, yeah. the atmosphere had been burned I, off, maybe or something as it, as it goes along. Yeah, now I, that I'm thinking of it, and we talked about the Solara thing. Yeah, the, yeah. You know, that's probably why it was. I like it. I like the color grade. I like the the atmosphere. That kind of sepia tone. Uh, an inverted Sin City kind of thing, you know? Yeah, that's sort of like you're in a, an ultra reality or yeah. something. Um, Which is good, it differentiates it from every other fucking post-apocalyptic film where exactly. their idea is just to turn down the contrast, yeah. just make everything look really, really dead. Another question, actually. Would you eat? Would you be happy to eat cat? Yes. Okay. I'd be happy to eat human flesh. Oh, really? To try it. To try it, okay. I, in saying that, I still haven't bought a, a kangaroo steak or an ostrich steak from Lidl yet. Kangaroo is very nice. I really want to try one. Yeah, Just it's to nice. see. It's, it's a bit gamey, I would guess, right? Yeah, yeah, very. It's quite chewy. and yeah. yeah, it's close to... I'm trying to think of... Pheasant or something like that, isn't it? Yeah, kind of. Now, or or, or uh, 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 veal. I, I guess I mean, kangaroo would be very tough. Yeah, I'm trying to. T- I'm trying to think of what to compare it to. I know it is nice though. Yeah, um, want to give it a lash. Yeah, uh, I don't like veal. I don't like this the the deer the smoky deer meat. Yeah, yeah, don't like it. I'm not into it. I like pheasant. I like I like pheasant. Yeah, turkey, chicken, and I, I could try ostrich. Yeah, I've never had ostrich. But apparently, human meat is like very, very, very sweet pork. That's what you hear. Yeah, and I love They're... pork. So shit, man, I. You know. See, I don't eat a whole lot of meat now anyway, so I, yeah. uh, I I think I could comfortably live without tasting human meat in the apocalypse if I had another source. Oh, oh we're talking about the apocalypse. I meant like today. <laughs> like if I had a plate of... If you had you, like a, a tiniest bit of human meat and you didn't tell me where it came from, I'd try it. Who knows, maybe Shane is off in Vietnam in some underground club drinking snake's blood and being given like, you know, young young boy canapes. Where he's like, oh, this is the meat of a young boy. I'd say he's, he's gone looking for it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you could, like, that's the place where shit would happen, you know? Yeah. Like baby chicken nuggets or whatever. But in the, but okay, so you try a... Breaded, you... breaded baby t- t- calves. <laughs> it's fucking weird. Oh, Because they're, the, they're the softest bit, you know? Yeah, I would try a little small piece. But in the apocalypse, if it was your only, would you choose to I eat? wouldn't eat it as a staple food. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely not. Not only for the Kuru shakes, but like... Because once you see it as a food source, you're going yeah, around like weird. fucking Bugs Bunny or Daffy Duck uh, when you're hungry and someone's talking to you and then they turn into like a steak or they turn into <laughs> a pork chop. Also, uh, the Kuru Shakes is a great name for a band. Oh my God, it is. Isn't it? <laughs> That's a great name. The Kuru Shakes. Nobody would know what it means. Yeah, though. man. And when people look up, you're like, oh, that doesn't sound fun. I'm going to go home by that domain immediately. <laughs> But so you wouldn't eat meat, you'd eat a cat. I would eat a cat. You would keep the Bible in the library. You'd find I would. I would like to keep the Bible in the library. Absolutely, like just for posterity. Yeah. Just like I'd like to keep the Mesopotamian fucking clay scribbles of some yeah, mad yeah. cunt from eight thousand years. But ago. then, would you keep everything? Would you keep like the fucking Twilight Saga? And I wouldn't keep Twilight because it's a bunch of muck. 
Yeah. But I keep stuff that's important to yeah, yeah. humanity, like... So it's not everything. That's, yeah, but then yeah. I keep Catcher in the Rye. I yeah, keep, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. I keep important literary works, War yeah, and yeah, Peace yeah. and Crime and Punishment and all of these, like the classics. Like, if you, you keep them... But I'd also keep games like Grand Theft Auto or Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, yeah. you know. I, I, yeah, yeah. I keep all of those things for posterity, absolutely, man. It's like, that's part of humanity. Why do you think all of these games are all coming back now and... There's emulators and stuff like Sonic has a 25 year anniversary this year, and they made a new a new version of Sonic. I remember playing that when it first came out. I was like, "What? Yeah, feels so old." But like, that's part of human culture. Absolutely, in the Western world, in the Western world. But it's such a part in that it's the fucking quickest growing medium that ever exists. Like it just came like 25 years isn't a long time for something that just full saturation. Yeah full saturation but yet we're like in the next 10-20 years we're going to end up with neither games or films they're just going to be some weird version of them combined alternate reality that's a game and a film yeah but that's what if we're not already living in it now simulation theory yeah because games always had the advantage we talked about like the bible having the power to make you feel guilt and that's a powerful weapon I think that's where video games had such an advantage over film and even books where you could feel guilt playing it in you our know, in our simulation theory episode, the statistics of us not living in a simulation are massively, massively high. Yeah. And the whole point of it is that we could have started off with a small kind of a you know a VR headset like a, a Oculus Rift or something like that. Mm. But now, think of the logic of it: when you're playing a game, you want to put the stakes higher and higher and higher. Yeah. yeah. So if this is indeed a game of all of us together in one server that the stakes are our lives but the parameters of the game are we don't know that it's a game yeah, yeah. so we're in it playing it and if we eat human flesh we go down like in Fallout you go down into you know yeah yeah uh, we're in it playing it and if bad we, karma then yeah if we die we, we really like wake back up in the real world you know like some inception kind of yeah, shit like yeah. um, you wake back up in the real world but like do you that's the thing you know like that's that's the gamble of the game is yeah, that like yeah. you, you know it's a game and someone comes along and goes it is a game Mr. Anderson and then and then you die and then you wake up and you have like shit pipes coming out of your back and shit like that. you know like <laughs> yeah. it's just that kind of that kind of thinking would let somebody do anything yeah yeah plus the fact I've never been as hungry to go oh shit yeah give me give me that but just to sum it up so we would both keep the bible yes uh, we wouldn't we would try avoid cannibalism. I would, but I would try it. You would try now, it now, but yeah. not in the apocalypse. Uh, Boaty Cat, that's good. So, like, I think we got it. So, so we would survive Book of Eli, even though we weren't really, we didn't put ourselves in. I Eli's don't know if I'd be as good at fighting now as, as Denzel. We see, it's hard to put ourselves into the whole survival scenario because, I mean, there's the stuff Denzel does in this film, I couldn't do. Fully like, yeah, no, absolutely. No way. I've got a fucking recurve bow there. That's the and I I can shoot that just about with uh, wearing glasses. Like I don't know if I could do anything without it. I'll try. I'll go back now and take off my glasses and see, see if, if I can, can see how many people to kill. Yeah, but fair to say we'd survive book of the world anyway. I think I think I will be okay. I wouldn't be knocking around the desert with these bum. No, fucks no, but I, out in some weird like oh, one no, I'd one be horse like town. Sam in Game of Thrones and just working in the library like. Totally. Trying to make it entertainment for people. Yeah. Being that one guy. 
Hey, everybody. Have you heard about this? Have you heard about this? So I think that's it. Though. That's it, yeah. yeah. That was a, a nice jaunt through Book of Eli. I fucking love that film. Yeah. Um, I really do. Uh, anything with Denzel in it, I'm like, I'm in. Except for uh, the... Tony Scott films he done... The, no, The Executioner or the, the Inquirer. Yeah, I think that's the, the Tony Scott one. I, I can't remember the name of it, but I know the... The Equalizer. The Equalizer, Awful. Yeah. And Same Man on Fire. Awful. I love Deja Vu. Actually, that wasn't bad, yeah. Love yeah, Deja Vu. Good. Really good. Um, I remember that being described to me really poorly. He though. got game. Somebody told me... I remember somebody telling me to watch Deja Vu. And they're like, oh, this is great. It's about this device where you look into it and you can see the past. And like a telly (laughs) (laughs) it's just described really poorly it's like you just described the TV that's not so funny that's fucking ridiculous Um, uh, he got games really good as well I haven't seen that yeah I fucking love training day training day's really good didn't know you like you're wet (laughs) yeah it's deadly Uh, watch Book of Eli and uh, if you want to get in touch with me I'm uh, at T Conspiracy Guys Uh, that's usually me and Paul is uh, at Paul underscore TCG and uh, you can find those conspiracy guys on Facebook if you like if you like our show or you like what I'm saying here and you'll find more of us or get in contact with us or shout at me for Black Lives Matter stuff or whatever you want to <laughs> want to do you can get in touch with me there I guess You when is your blab going up? The last uh, we have the way we do our shows now is like we have a blab uh, once uh, like uh, say on the first week of the month and then the next week is a full show and then the next week is a blab live show and then the next week is a full show so yeah. the full shows can be between four and six hours and then the blabs are two hours yeah, like yeah. another minute more so the next show that goes up from this from us doing this will be, will be a blab won't it a blab yeah. yeah yeah. it's going up tonight oh okay So on Irish Mythology and we recorded it last week with a really nice crowd so you can go and check out the blab and in when is this going up uh, probably tomorrow actually probably Tuesday morning Tuesday morning yeah. so we have another one then coming uh, this Saturday as well uh, with comedian Ed Salmon and it's a secret and I'll let you know on social media if you want to find out do follow you, us on Facebook or Twitter oh, we're on Instagram we're on loads of Instagram do you want to give your first clue here though if it goes up on a Tuesday uh, okay um, or do you have a, have you decided the clue yet uh, if you're listening to this on a Sunday I could tell you that yesterday we recorded it and tomorrow never knows. So we, we'll put it out on, uh, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, we're putting it out on Saturday. So right. that's the first clue, I that's guess. A right? good, that's, a, yeah, that's yeah. a good clue. Um, but if, yeah, if anyone wants to join in with the conversation, we do we do a blab. It's a really nice four-way video chat and people get on and get to talk about it. There's a chat room as well that you get to join in with and, you know, it's, uh, it's all good fun and we get to talk about certain topics um, and we have a website dustconspiracyguys.com if you want to see the upcoming blabs awesome yeah it was really good being here man yeah and well Shane will be back probably next week I think I don't, don't know who knows like, anything could have happened to him <laughs> <laughs> he'll come back with some stories I'd say no we had a we did we have a, had a Skype call that we, try, we tried to make work of a pod, as yeah. a podcast but it was just too, too choppy yeah but I might put it up as a separate episode or put at the end of one or something I'm going to figure something out yeah. but yeah that's it from us uh, awesome to have you here thanks man and we're obviously going to do it again have a nice apocalypse